Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Day, and I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. Uh, boy. Um, uh, we got Mailbag. That's on yeah. the agenda. We got three Star Treks. Uh, a mild spoiler alert. I didn't actually necessarily hate the episodes this week, but they did not score points on the rubric. Uh, no, one of them made me very sleepy, but... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate any of them particularly. Yeah, they were just like, eh, these are fine, but they just, there was no points to be had. Yeah. So, you know, if you're here yeah, for I points, the- if you'd like to see, like, the scoreboard lit up, <laughs> you want to see a shootout, that's not this week. No, this is definitely going to be more of a soccer match, huh? This is a defensive struggle. Yeah. Here. But that's okay. Well, we don't need to vamp because uh, this thing takes long enough anyway, and everybody wants to go home and be done with this. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we covered the important stuff. It's time to jump right into the mailbag. Mailbag! By Brother Date. On July 9th, Ryan wrote, at Brother Date, well, you can especially leave Twitter now that there's a viable alternative at long last. I guess that's that Threads of which we spoke last time. Yeah, that's going to be Threads. We talked about it a little bit last week, and then immediately after the podcast, I did go ahead and set up a Threads, uh, first an Instagram and then a Threads account for Brother Date. I have posted to both, so um, yeah, you do not have to engage with us on Twitter uh, if you're not if you don't want to have to figure out how Mastodon works. You probably already have Instagram. That's true. You just download the app. You don't have to fuck around and get accepted on some weird server. So for the threads, uh, not long after, I was like, ah, they ain't got chronological feed. They just got the shitty Instagram uh, type feed. That's just like. I don't know. They think they know. They're like, we know what you want. Here it mm-hmm. is. This is the thing you want. And I was like, I can't fucking do that. I don't fuck with that. Yeah, that is a real bummer. Uh, they, you know, they've said it's on their roadmap, but I think they make money by doing the the thing they do the way they do it. Mm. So who knows, right? Yeah, I'd like them to not do it that way, though, because they're not going to get money out of me. No. I'm not going to let them get me. But I assume that people are moving ad dollars over there already. because oh, they've, they've been looking for an alternative. <laughs> I don't know, dickety, dickety hundred million people, so it's... um. Look, man, I'm a marketing director at uh, Ass Punch, and I've got a budget <laughs> that i uh-huh. got to spend so I can get the same or bigger budget next year. And, yeah, uh, I don't really want to spend it on Twitter anymore. So yeah, I, I, we did it. We ran an ad campaign on Twitter, and then a bunch of creeps came after me specifically. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "This dude has no Adam's apple. He's trans." Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> "Hey, I mean, I'm not one. I, I got one. It doesn't, I got one. It in doesn't there. matter. Don't worry about it. It's in there. And if you see pictures from certain angles, 
you can see it. Anyway, someone mailed poop to my house, so I would really uh, like think, to spend of, my think of the next else. big spend's probably going to be on threads. Yep, and that's fine, and that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, if yeah. they ever get the uh, chronological feed going, then maybe I will check in and see how it's yeah, going. Just, it does. I know it needs to become a place where you can find out who died today. That's it. I'm. Uh, I use it for current events, and by current events, I mean what the people that I want to follow think about current events. Yes. So I need that to happen ASAP. Also, does it have a desktop, or is it just a just a just an app? Oh, I don't know. There's a URL, right? Is threads.net resolve? Okay, I just need that to happen too, because um, I'm from a very specific age, in in time, and I use my computer. Yeah, no, it does seem to just say get the app if you go to threads.net. So that ain't so great either. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a PC app. Maybe I can get it in the apps. Oh, maybe. Anyway, uh, you can. It's a little bit of old guy talk here. <laughs> you can thread How does at threads us. work though. You can thread at us at Brother Date. Uh, I camped it out. You, if you want, you could just leave leave comments on our on my Instagram posts too. Yeah. If you wanted to see a sneak peek, uh, for instance, of me looking at uh, the uh, round of thirty two, second half of the round of thirty two, tournament uh, four. The, in K-pop tournament four, yeah, there's some stuff there on the Instagram. Guys, this is very exciting. I've already shared the playlist for tournament five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be a tournament five in case anyone was worried about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they played that much of the haps. Just, just a little taste. Just a little just taste. Just a little taste of the haps for you guys, because uh, <laughs> a, a little dabble do you. Um. Also on the ninth, Ryan writes at Brother Date asking advice from holodeck characters is no different than using ChatGPT. I mean, it's different in a couple of ways. Yeah. For one thing, they seem to be able to understand the context of what they're saying. Yeah. Which ChatGPT mm, no. less good at. Bing don't know how to do it. No one knows how to do it yet. Yeah. None of the AIs are good enough yet. Also, um, look, the holodeck is definitely sentient. Yeah, it comes from the Enterprise computer, which we know to be sentient. It's sentient, and that's all. That's all there is to it. I mean, we don't know it yet. No, it no. is going to happen. But I mean, Well, we know it because we've seen all the shows. Yes. And there is no other way to look at, at what is happening on that ship. But uh, yeah, I mean, in the last year, th- uh, the ability to do things that seem at first blush like what happens in Star Trek has definitely improved. Yeah, I mean, uh, and honestly, some of the holiday characters aren't that good. Like, we're probably not that far away from Rex the bartender, you know? That's true. <laughs> it's, that's a pretty low bar to clear, but it could happen. <laughs> but you see, so you see what I'm saying. Like, we're not far from that one. We just got some time before we get to the, the real insightful uh, holiday characters. Not even the ones who themselves necessarily achieve sentience. I'm not talking about the Moriarty's of the world, but like... um. <laughs> Yeah, I just, again, I'm just going to keep beating this drum, but ChatGPT will return you stuff that looks like English. Yeah. That reads like English. It's the best version of that that's ever existed. However, a couple of lawyers got in really big trouble last (laughs) month because they submitted a brief written by ChatGPT (laughs) that cited non-existent cases. Yeah, why would you do that? I know not all lawyers are smart. I understand how things work, that all you have to do is pass the bar and lots of people can pass the bar. But, like, there are people who are all in on it, apparently possibly including Ryan. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
Is that why he was talking about? I mean, it? he writes. He's been writing hard for ChatGPT this year. I don't really understand it. Well, he uh, he definitely has a tech interest. You know. Oh yeah. He gets interested in in the technical trends, and that's good. You got to keep yourself smart. You know, on top of the the newsworthy tech trends, you got to read um, Tech and Hammer. Pretty sure that's a magazine. Also, uh, Cool Tech. Cool Tech's a good one. I realize that I'm a big tech pessimist because my entire career has been uh, testing out to see if the things that people try to make computers do actually work. And um, <laughs> so you've seen a lot of alert, broken shit. I see all the ways they don't work. Right. Uh, and I'm not. I am by far not a Chat GPT expert, but you you kind of don't have to be. Sure. Like the site, the Chat GPT itself says, please don't. Please don't take this seriously. This is nothing. Please, God. All of this is nothing. Everything you're looking hey, at, it's nothing. Th- this is a neat trick, and people like this trick, and we're glad that people like it, but please, please, God. We're, they, hey, ChatGPT's not a doctor. Hey, don't ask it about your <laughs> symptoms. Hey, man. Hey, go to a real doctor. I'm trying to uh, find maybe like a, a database of ChatGPT fails, because I bet there oh, are yeah. some pretty fucking good ones. I bet there, there are some incredible ones, for sure. Yeah. Well, it failed the gastroenterology training exam. I don't know if that matters, though. Uh, I mean, I'm less interested in that idea. Yep. <clears throat> Whatever, I'll keep looking. Anyways. Uh, he also 13th. tweeted, I think we skipped one where he tweeted, uh, I was also oh, definitely yeah. that guy back in the Marines. I was told if I wanted to take a break every hour to take up smoking. It is. It is one of those things that... Like, it's one of those little injustices, and I think all people fall into one of two camps. Mm. And I have always been in the who cares camp. Yeah. and But there are people who are, like, you know, allowed to be more upset about double standards. <laughs> okay, sure, yes. Well, if you're specifically allowed to be, then yes. that's different for sure. Yeah. Just uh, just to uh, quote 30 Rock there. Yes. <laughs> w- women are allowed to be more upset about double standards. <laughs> Um, uh, who are we talking? Was this uh talking about the guy on the crew who uh, teaches you all the ways that you can slack off and fuck and fuck off? Is that a Scotty oh, yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, maybe this is about Scotty. Yeah, yeah who was trying or, to or maybe it just cool came up advice this... on how to just be like a, a fucking cool slacker. Exactly. Um, here's where I hide the whiskey. But I. I heard shit like this. So uh, when I started at eBay, there were still smokers. Sure. Yeah, it was a like long time ago. You're old. There's fucking barely... I'm old. There's yeah. fucking barely any smokers now. Yeah. Uh, and there were, like, crusty old dudes who'd go out to take a smoke break. And yeah. there was always someone who was like, must be nice. And then, but, and, then, and then I would just think to myself, hey, man, we're all salaried here. What are yeah. you talking about? That's right. Just fucking take a walk, man, if it's that big hey, a deal. Yeah, you want to go for a little walk? You want to take a little, your shitty little COVID walk or whatever 20 <laughs> years early? Go do that. <laughs> That's right. You're on top of this thing way ahead of, way ahead of the fucking COVID. Yeah, I don't know, man. You're like, uh, hey, there's ping pong tables in here, man. Don't worry about the guy who's going out for a smoke break. Also, there's two kinds of that guy. There's the guy who's taking advantage of his smoke break, and there's the guy who's badly addicted to cigarettes. Yes. Because I had a boss who had to go out, like, fucking all the time. And it was not because he wanted a break. It was because he needed to smoke. 
or else I I'll, think he thought he was going to die on the spot. So you know, say one of those people, hey, you know what happens every single time that guy goes out there? Someone comes up to him and goes, hey man, can I have a cigarette? <laughs> I forgot to bring. I didn't bring any cigarettes today. I'm not a cigarette. <laughs> It's a hey. Do you want to be part of the weird smokers fraternity where you constantly have to either borrow or lend a cigarette or lighter to anyone, or else you're a bad smoker? Yeah, I already had to deal with that with textbooks in high school, man. Where people come out to me like, "Oh no, you know what? It was about smoking, but it was just because I shared a locker <laughs> with that guy." But he he'd come up to me and go, hey, "You want you you got a cigarette?" And I'd go, "No, I don't have a cigarette." And he'd go, "Do you want a cigarette?" <laughs> and be like, "Hey, man." One, I don't smoke. I just told you that. But two, what the fuck? If you got one. 90%, 90% of our listeners know who that guy is, but it's cool that you, I think it's the right I'm not call sure I've said it on shame. this version yeah. of the podcast. So <laughs> I've matured. I shouldn't say 90% of our listeners. Like, whoever is downloading this in Indonesia has never heard of him. But, like, no. you know what I mean. Yeah, they don't know Eric. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um,. On the 13th, Ryan writes, uh, I feel like that would have been similar to a fairly fresh uh, bird colonel being in charge of the Pacific Island hopping campaign in World War II. Yeah. That would have been like if, um, if what's his ass, uh, uh, I shall return. What's this fucking guy's name? MacArthur. I'm so tired. Uh, if, yeah, if MacArthur was just like a colonel who just really wanted to get back to fucking Manila. Just so bad. Yeah. And he's like, I'm in charge now. <laughs> I don't think that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, forget running a whole campaign like that, but, you know, if you got, you could have three or four destroyers, and that might be under the lead of one, one of the cap, the senior captain of those destroyers, right? But like, A, it would be the senior captain. Yeah. And B, that's not a whole fleet. No, that would be 600 ships like we saw. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about Cisco. We're talking about yeah. Cisco commanding the dumb fleet to retake DS9. Well, he's gotten even. I mean, again, the, since since that arc has wrapped up, he's handed command of that fleet over to Martok, and Martok said, "Don't worry, I'm uh, I'm not gonna be around that much." <laughs> That's right. I know this is technically headquarters, but uh, I'm gonna keep my flag on me. the Rotaran, a bird of prey. Yeah, one of the shitty little ones. I am gonna keep yeah. my flag on this uh, destroyer tender over here. This is where I choose to be. <laughs> and I get it. Like, uh, you know, the Admiral's flag isn't necessarily on the biggest ship, right? It was often on a cruiser of some kind. Mm. But, like uh, an Excelsior. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. Mean? Well, an Excelsior definitely, uh, you know, as far as we know, they're used to just ferry Admirals around. So they probably have, um, you know, sweet the facilities. Teacups. Well, they have sweet teacups. The best we have seen that. Cups in all of the fleet. Are on Excelsior class ships, I think. Uh, yeah, it's dumb, and we can we've been complaining about it since the fucking discovery of the wormhole fifteen minutes into the first episode. That it is dumb that Cisco's there. It's dumb that he's in charge of anything, and he just keeps getting in charge of more things. They keep giving yep. him more stuff to be in command of. But they're not promoted. He's not like an admiral now. He's like, oh, he's such a young admiral. They're like, nah, you're a commander for the first three or four seasons or whatever. You're now you're a captain. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, maybe there's a reality in which Commander Cisco retains command of uh, Deep Space Nine operationally. The administrative, yeah, the administrative but, portion. But half of the fucking uh, habitat ring is filled up with uh, wormhole area headquarters, and there's some admiral that's making all the big calls, and mm-hmm. Cisco's just like, 
Making sure the ships get in and out of there. Yeah, doing the dumb docking ring bullcrap that no one wants. That Kira always has to do. That he makes Kira do. Yeah, and he probably has to attend a bunch of the functions that that admiral holds, but it's like not a big deal. Yeah, he ain't really involved. They said the admiral say you don't have to talk to him. And then we say all the time again, compounded by the fact that he does not want to be there and threaten to quit a bunch right before the wormhole was discovered. Yep, just telling everyone who would listen, I'm quitting anyway. I don't. That don't matter. <laughs> so it's it's it is a look. The it was a show they ruined immediately, and it's because they're bad writers, and that's sort of what the project is proving so far. I mean, they still have a shot. They technically have a shot, but if you just look at their scores, it's just a bunch of bad shows competing with each other. But they're not up against a good show like. Um... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> trying to think of one. Hmm. Uh, I really liked uh, you, 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 you seen The Bear On FX <laughs> Katie watched The Bear I like that show, it's pretty good She liked that guy because he was in Shameless I never watched Shameless So I didn't have any either interest or baggage With him Shameless was a bummer So I I didn't I didn't get into that one The Bear's kind of a bummer too But in a way where it's easy to sit back and go That's just restaurant stuff I don't care about that <laughs> I'm sorry everyone's so stressed out in the show and everything, but, like, it's not stressing me out because I don't care. Just don't be in the restaurant industry if you don't like it. You know? Do something else, buddy. Anyway. Um, oh, that's a good show. Oh, but you love show. to go to restaurants. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um, I just don't care if anyone's stressed out about serving me, you know? Ah, yeah. I actually hate it when they are. <laughs> I kind of want them to ignore me. You've always been much more of a food hole guy anywhere where you order at the counter and then go pick your order back up. So Yeah, I pick my order up and then no one ever has to come to my table and ask me if I need my drink refilled or anything. Because I'll just get up and get a new drink if I need it. Yeah. Uh, also on the 13th, Ryan writes, I can't figure out why you're doing vamping Troy in the gravelly gangster goon voice. Hey, it's because I ain't got two voices. <laughs> no, I mean, also. I don't do, I'm not an impressions guy. I don't She's do got a, a weird one, too. That'd be a tough one. I'm not even going to try to do a Troy impression. It's an accent that changes all the oh, time. Yeah. It's half British and half Mediterranean. And yeah, I don't know what it is. It's floating. She's got a weird floating accent. Yeah. That at the point we're at now is most of the way to what I think her actual speaking voice sounds like. But yeah. it's not all the way there yet. That nope. doesn't happen until she puts on the blue uniform. Yeah, then she goes, right, I can just relax now. Yeah, alright, I don't have to. Uh, is the accent... Maybe a lot of it is just trying to fucking suck it <laughs> in because she has to wear a permanent leotard. I was gonna say, is the accent in some way helping her suck it in? Because yeah. maybe that explains <laughs> like, it. That's actually, she's not attempting to do an accent at all. It's just that she cannot engage her diaphragm mm-hmm. because of the way they dress her and how bad those outfits look. Yep. Uh, so permanent reminder, it's not her fault. There's nothing wrong with her body. Those are the worst nope. outfits ever designed by people. Nope, 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 the nope, fucking nope. worst. They but she's just like absolutely no one. She probably talks very normal until the uh, camera starts rolling and then, <laughs> and then uh, you know, great joy Bill. and gratitude. You're like, why, how, why are you doing that voice? Oh, it's the character. Okay. Anyway, the, um, the outfits have been washed too many times and they're getting weird and rumply and baggy and she's not, uh, she's getting to use her diaphragm a little bit more because what the fuck does it matter? Yeah. Uh, well, that's. That is the right idea. Once you make it to season fucking six, man. Yeah. Who give? What are they going to do? Fire you? Who cares? 
I mean, I'm sure Rick Berman probably sent her notes every season, like lose ten pounds. Mm-hmm. But she can still. Hey, do and the, also, uh, the uh, did your boobs circuit. get smaller? <laughs> Are you fatter, but your boobs got smaller? Love Rick Berman. <laughs> That's right. That's all note. Just one question. She yeah, but like, you I don't just... think I don't think they did. He just wants them to get bigger every year. He in his head, you see, we go away for the break oh, yeah. between seasons, and he they just he thinks about them, and they keep getting bigger and bigger in his imagination. Oh, he's gone off. He's gone off to the writers' retreat for the year, uh-huh. and it's a whole campground full of dudes and the one lady that they let be on the writing staff every uh-huh. year. Must be great and to be he, her. And then he gets back, and he's like, "I thought your boobs were bigger." <laughs> in my I've head, these al- are. Bigger. I've been alone for a long time, and there's no internet yet. That's right. When there is, I will definitely look at your boobs more often. Then I'll have an accurate picture of what they look like. But anyway, what are you going to get fired in season six? You just do the the, the fucking uh, the circuit, man. Just show up at the conventions forever. You're done. Life yeah. is good. Denise Crosby did two-thirds of one season. She still goes to the conventions. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's really the, that's the uh, Beltran method, man. You get in there. Oh yeah. And who cares what happens? Because you're set for life. The nerds are, are powerful, and they want to spend their money. And the the you know the uh, SAG after is on strike right now, mm-hmm. and there was a, a thing that made the rounds the other day. The actress uh, Kimiko Glenn from Orange Is the New Black, okay, was showing off one of her great great residual checks for twenty seven dollars that she got. Hot. Um, she was on Orange Is the New Black for like four seasons and. <laughs> She had to get her tits out and everything. She gets about you know she took about twenty seven dollars a month or something <laughs> in the residuals from uh, or from Orange Is the New Black. I bet uh, Beltran probably makes thousands of dollars a oh, month man. still. Come from on, Voyager. Yeah, that show was uh, syndicated that show is like still crazy. in syndication somewhere, yeah. and he's still getting them checks. Episodes or whatever. The yeah. thing is just, uh, uh, and he never worked a day in his life. Man, you've seen his performances. <laughs> Jesus, that guy just showed yep. up and walked around in his uniform and then went home. It was a very different era, and him getting on Voyager and sticking around for all seven <laughs> seasons means I'm sure he's doing great. He's doing great. And he don't got to be on the cameo or nothing. Get paid for whatever. I'm sure they make plenty of money off of that shit, and then just live your fucking life, Beltran. Great job. No, no fucking notes for Beltran. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot he, of notes for him. Uh, do you think when he goes but... to a con that he applies like a temporary <laughs> Chicote tattoo? It's me. They must have had to make a ton of them, right? It's me, Chicote. You remember me. Probably around the time season seven was wrapping up, he put in a call to whoever manufactured those temporary tattoos. 10,000 like, more of those. Hey, uh, can you give me a... I, I just want to buy like four or five boxes of those tattoos. Just for case should be good for life then. Not for sex. I know you're thinking of that. <laughs> That's not what it's for. <laughs> Unless the opportunity arises at one of these conventions. Um. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, we know. only do one voice, and uh, it's, <laughs> over time, it has turned into the uh, the Staten Island guy. I don't know why, it's but that's what happened. Around every once in a while, especially when we had to talk about trip. Yeah, I might have said what. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you can get a real a real white what in there. What? But yeah, no, it's it's easier just to pull out Staten Island guy. Um, also on the 13th, Ryan wrote, uh, there's an episode of Strange New Worlds where a character says space really wants us dead, and I love it, and I'm sad that's not the take for that episode. Um, 
I mean, look, I mean, there's an episode, there's at least one episode this week where I haven't come up with anything better than that. So. <laughs> I was going to say, there's one episode where that's for sure is the cynical take. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes. There were a few times in the beginning of the project where, usually Ben, but we settled on something like space is terrible and frightening. Yeah. So. And it was kind of appropriate in Enterprise. Yeah, when the whole take for was, that to can occasionally we be the take. Should we be doing this, or should we just go live on Earth and let the Vulcans take care of everything? Uh, Ryan tweeted uh, Star Trek minus context at no context. Uh, no, that was me. Trek I did that on Twitter. Well, he did it first, though. Oh, he did. Yeah, he beat you to the punch. Oh, uh, I don't see it. Uh, he tweeted from the episode "Up the Long Ladder." Okay, which is um. I mean, it's just one of the best. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's got the guy from the Clone Planet saying uh, in the first panel, the entire concept of sexual reproduction, and then in the second panel, is a little repugnant to us. And then the third panel is just uh, Riker shooting him. <laughs> Death stare. Shooting him ice. <laughs> <laughs> Riker hated this guy for every reason he could fucking think of. He yeah, poplared this guy as soon as he fucking saw him, and he just, anything that happened, he was like, this fucking guy. Was this the last time he grapplered and also the first time he said meaning? <laughs> well, it was also the time the guy's like, you're a murderer. And he's like, like hell, you're a damn thief. Yep. <laughs> Which is just the ultimate <laughs> turning around on that guy. Eat shit, buddy. You're a damn thief. Yeah, or yeah. I murdered a couple of people, but. Fuck you. You stole two <laughs> cells from me. <laughs> I needed them. I mean, it really is. That's really one of the best. <laughs> not in, not in terms of art, but in just pure entertainment value. That is definitely one of the best episodes. Maybe that's the ranking we'll have to release at the end. Pure entertainment value. What's what are the top ten or whatever? Because goddamn, that was a fun one. I mean, that's a great idea. I will tell you now that even though it's actually longer, I will do that by going back and listening to our episodes <laughs> rather than going back and rewatching. Oh yeah, no, we make all the good points. It's, yeah. We don't need to watch the episodes ever again, really. <laughs> this is the podcast of record for all the things Star Trek did wrong. Uh, also from the episode, Man of the People, is the name of that shit episode? Yeah, uh, that was the one with the rocks. Yeah, it's the one with the rocks. Also from that episode, Ryan uh, tweeted, disturbingly accurate portrayal of performance evaluations. I think we did go on a little run at the end there about how uh, Lieutenant What's-His-Name was going to get yep. uh, evaluated that year. And they didn't know who he was, and they didn't know who any of the other people were on the list either, so it was going to be a tough... No wonder they hate that task, man. That's a shitty task. Don't know this guy. There's a thousand people on this ship. This says, I actually, technically, because of the way the structure on this ship is, I have to rank that kid who makes dolphin art. I have to evaluate him. You know, Harry Jr.? I have to decide if he's better or worse than Nurse Ogawa. <clears throat> I think you know how I'm leaning. He's pretty good with a laser. <laughs> he's pretty good with that laser there. Also, he, he knows uh, calculus. He made me a harp. It wasn't really what I asked him for, but he didn't understand. <laughs> but um, It's a wooden harp. It's, I can't it's a good-looking harp. I mean, I just don't play the harp, and the ladies don't come with it, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, we, you know what? One of the categories here is nose calculus, and uh, Ogawa doesn't nope. know it. So. Well, he doesn't. Oh, it's okay. That's too bad for Nurse Ogawa, well, I, I guess. guess he gets a two. 
<laughs> well, Riker became the long, the Staten Island guy. That's yeah. too bad. Um, yeah, man. Look, uh, we both have uh, had long and storied careers. And so we if there's two things we know about performance evaluations is that they're all made up and two, they're different every single year for no reason. Yep. That's exactly hey, right. we're doing a new system this year. What? <laughs> don't why? why? Don't do that. No one wanted it anyway. No one asked for a new system. They just don't want to hear about it. Oh, I gave myself a goal for Q3 to come up with a new performance evaluation system, <laughs> and my manager signed off on it, and That's then I right. had to do it, or I'd get a bad evaluation. According to last year's metrics, goals actually aren't part of it this year. So, <laughs> so it's a lot happening. This year it's values. We're doing values instead. So That's right. Yeah, I had to to do one of those recently. I had to go in and (laughs) go into the fucking system, go into the matrix and be like, uh, I want, I want to sell really good. I want to do so much selling. Is that good? And then he signed off on that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's another thing, right? Because you can't go in there and go, yeah, my goal um, for this quarter, my job. (laughs) <laughs> the stuff that I got to do for my job. I got to do work. Do good at work. Can I do that? Can I have that as my goal? Everyone thinks I'm good at that. For Can Q2, I do, that one? do good at work. Oh, it's got to align. Oh, no. Okay. It's got to align with the company's OKRs. All right. <laughs> okay. Got to right. do good <laughs> at making phone calls to clients. Is that better? Is that something you guys are tracking this year? That aligns with um, with uh, our division's goal number one and uh, the company's mission. Keep it human. <laughs> I'm going to do my best this year. That's the value that that aligns if with. you do, I'm going to keep it human. Do good at calls is keep it human. <laughs> keep it human was an actual eBay <laughs> uh, core value. What could it even mean? Yeah. Ugh. Trust each other, lead completely. Oh keep no, you human. remember them? Oh. There was a fourth one. Yeah, it was because this was my first job, and I thought that stuff would matter, so I stored oh. it away. Yeah, no, yeah, that don't matter. That don't matter. That don't matter after the job interview. That don't matter. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So on July seventeenth, you retweeted our boy Jose Canseco, who oh, wrote, yeah. "I met an alien ghost that asked me for chocolate and hamburgers." I believe it might have happened. This one, some of the others sound fishy. This one sounds right. Like, say he met an alien ghost. They're probably confused and hungry. Yep. And they don't know what good food is, but they've seen a lot of good reactions to chocolate and hamburgers. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So this actually tracks. And then the ghost says, "Um, can I please have chocolate and hamburgers? And then you say, is this really my problem? (laughs) So this is on uh, me. I'm I'm on ghost. I got ghost duty this week. Okay. I live. I'm so close to home. You caught me so close to home. I'm Look, almost man. home. That's my home. I mean, I'm not going to show you which one, but it's over there. I guarantee, if you if you ask three people, one of them will definitely do a better job at this mission than me because they're <laughs> going to care. You don't have to ask a lot of people, but like just two or three, and someone will do it way better. I know you. And look, I know your type. Uh, cause I've been, I know the aliens, they, um, uh, they actually, uh, they helped me. I had a delayed flight, but the aliens picked me up and, uh, so I made it to my, uh, 
my baseball card <laughs> signing on time. But um, so like I know you guys crave chocolate and all of that, but I'm just really I gotta go because I'm also signing some stuff at uh, uh, Joe's uh, Conseco uh, car wash at at noon, and I gotta get there to to sign some shit for people. So um, say hi. To look, Big I can. Foot. Look, I can get you these things, man, but um, the hamburgers are going to be from whatever place is closest, except unless it's Jack in the Box, and then the chocolates, I'm just we're just going to go to Walgreens. So I hope you like um, Lint Truffles. <laughs> Lindor Truffles? Yeah. By Lind? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That sounds right. Uh, also, I'm going to tell you um, about what credit unions you should definitely avoid, because they're, they're running a scam on me. <laughs> I got a lot of info for you, Alien Ghost. All right. <clears throat> on the 23rd... No, that's not what it was. On this day, on this very day, 23 hours ago, Ryan wrote, uh, Fear not, friends, I will never let your mailbag die. Thank you. Well, why'd you take some time off? Because last time the mailbag was very sad. And that's your fault. Um, and then an hour later, fun fact, AAA and their jump starters are still useful. Even if you drive a Tesla or other EV, a lot of the systems still run off of 12 volts. For example, if you let the main battery completely drain and can't shift into neutral for a tow, you will still need AAA to come. Oh, good. Yeah. So they maybe are, in 2370 or whatever, you do still need those kits. What they definitely don't have in their little trucks is if the battery is completely dead, they don't got the little tiny one that goes in the Prius. Oh really? You've, you've it's not the that. same shape as a standard car battery, so they can't. You can't. You'll they'll, you'll have to have it towed to the dealership or something. That sounds like something uh, from personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Does that mean maybe there's a reason I said Prius? Mm-hmm. Man, the, ba- the battery just dried all up, huh? I mean, you know, a battery cell fails every once in a while, and it just has to be replaced. They don't last forever. Yeah. I like uh, bioneural gel packs in that way. Before that, though, Katie had a um, Chevy uh, Cobalt. Okay. And you could not uh, shift into neutral with the battery dead, just exactly like Ryan's talking about here in the Tesla. Mm-hmm. Even though that car was not, not a technological marvel. Not a technological marvel in any way. It was just an oh. irritating feature that you could not. There was not like a thing where you could take the cover off and then put the key in a thing to unlock the park, you know, parking pall or whatever, and move the car into neutral. But I'm just reminding myself what the Chevy Cobalt looked like. Oh, uh, yeah, just a little it. sedan. I just a little. It. Just a little nothing of a sedan. It's a little guy. Yeah, I actually mm. like that car though. Uh, oh yeah, man, I remember these. Yeah. <laughs> what was oh, very man, they cool. use them as police cars in Uzbekistan. Oh, shit. That's very cool, That's actually. The Do they best. have a cool checkerboard painting stripe on the side somewhere? No, two uh, kind of badly applied stripes on the, each side. Nice. What is, uh, maybe these are use, powerful Uzbeki colors. Uh, we've got like a sky blue for one uh-huh. stripe, and the stripe below it is kind of like a forest green. Ooh, blue and green. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a great picture. That is fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Being uh, shoved handcuffed into the back of one of those must not be great. No, that is They're a rough not ride. cars. <laughs> no, you're, you're squashed back there for sure. I wonder if they even bother with any of the uh, uh, partition shit 
between the front and the back. Right? They're just like, hey, maybe he's going to reach for your gun. You never know. It's a good, good luck making it back. <laughs> Another good question is, what kind of hold or note do you think is going to be put in your file for having searched what Uzbek police cars are like? <laughs> oh, my file's already pretty great. It's just so. like, all I'm asking is if you go on an international trip or... Uh, or maybe, is this going to affect our mom when we go to Japan next year? Is she going to get to the airport and they're yeah. going to be like, huh, well, uh, you have been selected for secondary screening. I am a suspect for all kinds of international crimes, and um, you guys are at least suspects, uh, you know, of being in cahoots. And you're like, I just wanted to know if there was a Blimpies in Belarus. I don't have anything to do. <laughs> That's right. This is a good question that I had. It has nothing to do with trying to take the country over or anything like yeah. that. And how far I'm going to have to march before the next Blimpies. That's not why I'm asking. That guy's just free, man. Hey, uh, current <laughs> events, everybody. Uh, that guy's just walking around Russia. Everyone keeps seeing him. They're just like, yeah. there he is. He's just hanging out. That's a good deal. Well, apparently he has body double money. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he's got that hot dog money. I know that. Exactly. <laughs> so, you well, know. That's a super good deal, though, if he really is walking around and that's not his body double. That's I started nice. to see stuff like now they say maybe it was a body double that went to Belarus. And I'm like, geez, man. That's pretty nice. This guy's got Saddam Hussein money. This guy's crushing it. <laughs> Threw a hissy fit and almost took over Russia. We talk a lot about current events. We talked about the the actors and writers strike. I don't know which one we were talking about earlier. Uh, that's a thing that's happening right now too. Yeah, everyone's on strike. Both, both striking. Yeah, everybody's on strike right now. So musicians are talking about maybe they're going to go on strike next because of the oh cool their shitty residuals they get from all the streaming services and stuff. So yep, yep, yep. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Oh boy, but you know. Corporations are allowed to make infinite money, so... That's right. It's a right. Yep. It is their legal right. Especially if maybe you uh, take Clarence Thomas golfing or something. So, uh, you know, what these guys are up to is communism. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> anyway, that's current communism. events. Yeah. That's Judah's take on current events. Whew. Uh, you retweeted uh, Baseball Brit. There's like a picture of the inside of a toilet in a bu- the bullet train in Japan inside of the bathroom. It's probably not legal to take that picture. Yeah, probably. It says, on the bullet train in Japan, there are two buttons right next to the toilet. One is the flush, blue. The other is the alarm that summons the guard, red. Do take your time to press the correct one and learn from my mistake. That dude now, thought red was flush. Now. Yep. Now. Yep. In English. The red yes. button is labeled call blu- call buzzer. The blue button is labeled push to flush after use and has an infographic depicting a <laughs> toilet emptying from the bottom. Yep, they tried their best. His next tweet says it literally has a picture and English language above each button, but for some reason I rushed and only saw a big red button next to the toilet paper. <laughs> the only thing depicted in this toilet that would confuse me is... Mm. That they have one button labeled spray yeah. and one button labeled bidet. Yep, that's true. One's a spray, it has some butt cheeks, and the spray's yes. hitting the butt cheeks. And then the other one is a different orientation. It's showing you from in profile on this from the side. And that's <laughs> yes. the bidet, and that's like a nice little like a nice little fountain. And I would just be like, 
I don't know which one I'm which one I want for this. I guess scenario. the spray is like tight stream. They're just gonna pound that ah, hole. They're yeah, just gonna yeah, pound yeah. that butthole and get anything off of there. And then the bidet <laughs> is like a nice little shower for your buttocks. That's what the that's what I would get from the graphic. It should say then, pounds your butthole or something. And then there's a stop button, and my <laughs> earnest hope is that it stops the whole train. <laughs> just put that there just in case. You're having a bathroom emergency so vile that you must stop the train. <laughs> anyway, aside from the fact that this bathroom is probably very small, um, it looks nice, man. I know. Yeah. It's, other, other countries have it all figured out. Not all yeah. of them, but some of them. Yeah. Some of them have it figured out for sure. Uh, I get to ride the bullet train next February. That's part of the trip we're taking, so. Shinkansen. Yeah, I can see what that's all about. Shinkansen Sama. I love him. I like the honorific. He deserves it. He's he something we could that. never have in this country. <laughs> we don't deserve him. I don't even want him because we don't deserve <laughs> him. We would embarrass him all the time. We deserve uh, the five shitty old trains we have in this country that don't go anywhere anyone wants to go. Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. I've ridden in the Capitol Corridor. <laughs> train three or four times i even you can't actually take a train from la all the way to san jose you can no. take a train to san luis obispo and then you have to take a bus the rest of the way that's not a quick bus ride nope <laughs> that is some bullshit that's what i'm saying man what a shit country we used to be known for rail i don't want to talk about it this is gonna be like an hour <laughs> oh no it's a real i have just bummer. an hour about the state of tennessee and how it used to be known for railroads and you can't take a train anywhere in the entire state now anyway <clears throat> uh and then you tweeted star trek minus context yeah and it's uh man it's got that great it's got that great image of uh troy and crusher in the mirror room doing their stretches and their in the worst outfits anyone ever designed for TV. In their boobless leotards over body suits. Yeah. It's you get the full body suit and then you put the boobless leotard over it. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, is yeah, a yeah. look. I'm just noticing now that there's a little bit of camel toe going on on the redhead. This is <laughs> well, I assume that the uh leotards on the top were not originally there. And when they did the test fittings, they were like, Nope. It's in me. We so, are. We're seeing a lot in there. Nope. Got to put something over that. No, uh, I don't got some have boobless to, ones. Uh, I don't want to have to shave for this, so get, let's get another layer. Let's put another layer on here. Uh, they were for an alien bar set. They were just going to be wearing pasties. <laughs> uh, the network said that was too hot. So anyway, you can wear those. Oh, look, we got a pink one and we got a silver one. Yeah, anyway, the caption is happy, comma, terrified. Hold on, did she describe, was the sex with that guy so good that she was terrified? Um, I mean, maybe. That's not great. This was, uh, this was Odan? Was this from Odan? Yeah, God, she was horny in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she was yeah. so horny she name? did it with Riker. What's the name of that one? Uh, the host. That sounds... Like an episode. So I'm just looking up a transcript for it. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, again, so horny she fucked Riker. That's how horny she was in that one. Yeah. So, you know, yes. I think that's what happened. Answer my own yeah, question. Yeah, 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 come on. Where's the scene where they're in the mirror room? 
Well, hey, I don't think this is from the Odin episode. Is the host not the Odin episode? <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, it was just a guess. Balsotonic. The host. Yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah. The host is the one with Odan for sure. I'm just like, I'm not finding a scene that's set in the mirror room here. Oh, I mean, there is one, though. We know There's it. one in the beauty parlor where that's she's got the one. fucking mask on. And she's so horny in that scene. She's so horny in that whole episode. Mask quarters. Oh, yeah. man. Do you want me to get Memory Alpha out here? Tell you what scene it is? Jesus. God. Yeah, I do. I'm doing it. The host. Okay. Oh, boy. Ay, Jesus, God. Ah, the shuttle's named the Hawking in that one. Okay. Well. Yeah, it's very it's very cool. That's good to know. Nurse Okawa's in it. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to say stretching. Control F. Stretch. <laughs> no? Uh, Troy. Really? Man, do they not find this important? Hold on, I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry yeah. about this. The price. Uh, the price? Wait, is this the one where Troy's horny? Oh, I thought that was the one where Crusher was horny. This is in the episode where Troy's horny? Oh, that's different. Okay, hold on. Let's get the transcript for the price. Let's that's a different episode, that. guys. That's my mistake. So I think you're right. The horny scene in the Odin episode is at the salon. Okay. Exercise room. All right. Well, there you go. We solved it. It was the wrong horniness. It was, it was the uh, Betazoid horniness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Crusher says, you're unusually limber this morning. <gasps> Good lord. Oh, God. And then she says, I'll say, Devanani Rawl, it's ridiculous and wonderful. I feel completely out of control, <sighs> happy, terrified, but there's nothing rational about this. Uh, I'm glad she And then Crusher that. says the nasty line, who needs rational when your toes uh, curl up? Why would they let that on TV? That went on TV. I saw that as a kid on Channel 44. Why did they let that happen? Yeah. You can't let that happen. No, you can't. All right. Well, that's the mailbag, everyone. That's the we took bag, way everybody. too much time on it. That was bad. We did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> we'll do the show in a minute here. No, it's very good. God damn it. You can tweet at us. You can hit us up on threads. You can find us at Mastodon. Uh, it's brotherdate at tenforward.social. Mm. Leave an Instagram comment. Send an email to brothers at brotherdate.com. Oh, it doesn't have to be all like Ryan or Matt. Yeah, get that out of the way so at the end I don't have to do it no more. But it is time to talk about week 130 of our dumb, dumb Star Trek project. Oh, yeah. I love the round numbers. That's good. It is a nice round number. I got another round of 10 finished. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we've got uh, 39 more Voyagers. That's two fucking years. Yeah. How is it possible? Of forty six more TNGs, so. But why? <laughs> but we've done so many already. Why did they make that many? <laughs> we started in twenty sixteen. Fucking. <coughs> if you're binging these, don't. Uh, you're gonna hear me say that almost every episode. We've been doing this since uh, twenty sixteen. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Listen. Uh, TNG ran for seven years. DS nine ran for seven years. Voyager ran for seven years. Our project's gonna take nine. 
That's fine. <laughs> We're so stupid. Here, here's one big difference. We're not getting paid. Well, says you. I still think we're going to get those checks are going to start rolling in. Anytime. Oh, I see. Star Trek.com is going to want this. Well, the way we do this project, we're going to talk about the episode that uh, of the show that placed last last week, which was Deep Space Nine, a rare last place finish for them. It was a bad week. So we're going to start by talking about Resurrection. <laughs> actually don't think they have much of a chance to match their shitty score from last week anyway <clears throat> kira is explaining all of the species specific things she doesn't like about various ds9 based bachelors as dax tries super hard to get her a date to dax's quarters yeah big uh, it's dinner a, date. a dine-in double i guess is what that is uh, in ops, they detect a transport in progress, but there's no ships nearby. Ah, one of these again. Who beams in but Kira's old flame, Barile. But obviously, shitty, schemy mirror Barile, because you just look at him. Yeah, except for... Except for how clean-cut he is. Well, he's still the same actor who yeah, cannot portray a thing. He's like... Monk's the guy who played Monk's nemesis in Monk. Uh huh. What else is with that guy in? Was I he a super him... milk toast guy? All right, He's memory the... alpha uh, Monk. You ain't. You also ain't never seen. <laughs> don't, don't go to memory alpha. <laughs> they don't got a lot to say about Monk. No, they don't. That's not the same thing. <laughs> no. Harold say, Crenshaw. You, you didn't watch uh, Grace and Frankie either. It's, He's in that it's, too. It's it's Harold Crenshaw and the actor is Tim Bagley. Uh, yeah, that's probably who I'm thinking of. I don't fucking know. I just yeah, I he's literally got, Googled Monk's nemesis. He's got that that guy's energy. This okay. guy. Yeah. Oh, you're right. He's actually given a similar look in this. Um, yeah. His Monk wiki picture of him. <laughs> huh. That's fascinating. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, Barile says he wants a ship, and uh, he's got Kira at gunpoint, so Cisco plays along. Uh Kira eventually gets tired of playing, though, and whips his fucking milquetoast ass. And then Kira tells him, as he sits in the brig, that her barile beefed it hard. Yeah. Crapped his pants loudly and shouted, I'm crapping my pants! Before it was over, is what she tells him. Did she tell him... Like, uh, let's cut this now. This was the episode that made me sleepy. Did she <laughs> tell him, because uh, I don't remember... Yeah, he died in kind of a medical way, and I have forgotten the details. He's, uh, I remember a bed. Yeah. Uh, and a decision. Yes. Don't remember the rest. I think it might have been one of these things where there's a negotiation that only one person can do. Something <laughs> like that. Yes, yeah, it's a Kai-Win situation, uh, yeah, as I recall. Uh, Barile says he'd rather die or go to prison than go back to the fucking mirror universe. Um, Kira lobbies on his behalf to Cisco, who uh, gives her a big lecture about how this Barile is not her Barile, even though he may seem like it. Just like his Jennifer and the mirror Jennifer are so alike and that they are each very dead. But they're not the same Jennifer. 
later, Kira takes Beryl to temple services and then to Worf and Dax's place for that hot double date. Worf is a petulant baby as always, but everybody else has a nice time. Kira invites the dude into her quarters, so she obviously didn't hear anything Sisko told her. He tells her a sob story about a girl he loved who was wiped out by a drunk Cardi. And then they do real, actual sex intercourse. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's implied. No one puts on boots afterwards, but... Uh, they're, he's topless and they are His deep V has become fully deep. Yeah, it's all the way deep. It's, in, it's uh, infinitely deep now, his V. His V goes all the way down. Uh, at Ops, she basically lets everyone know she did sex with that guy. And then uh, she takes this guy to see the orb. The, uh, the prophecy one? I wasn't paying a lot of attention either, Orb actually. of prophecy and change. I thought they were all orbs of prophecy, yeah, but I, I guess so they've too. had a bunch of different names. This one is especially prophecy, though. Maybe this is the one where she saw uh, the naked back hug with Beryl that other time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't paying attention either. I was actually explaining every detail of Kira's love life through five and a half seasons to my lovely wife, <laughs> who does not care enough about this vile show to remember <laughs> any of the details. She, um, and she's probably like half from her. She's like, doesn't she have a thing with Odo? And you're like, kind of. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but here's 40 minutes for you. Um, she, yeah, she has seen like all of these fucking things multiple times. She don't remember Vedic Burial at all, which is, I'm so I jealous. I mean, honestly. I'm super jealous. I don't want to remember this guy either. Uh, Burial seems troubled by what he saw, but when he actually tries to tell her about it, she makes up a rule about how you're not supposed to talk about your visions or else... <laughs> They don't come true. They don't come true or something. She didn't I don't. make up that rule. She's just been to a human birthday party. I know. I just don't think it's the same thing, but... I don't think so either. I'm pretty sure she's talked about shit she's seen on the orb with yeah, people it's, before. Yeah, it's a weird thing she made up on the spot, just so she, that the plot could go on. She doesn't want to know. She's already thinking about how to say goodbye to this guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back in his quarters, Beryl gets a visit from Sex Kira. You yeah. know, the intendant or whatever she's called now. Whatever. Yep. Cat suit Kira. So this is a big scheme. He's doing a tricky scheme. Uh, it sounds like they've been planning to steal this dang orb and use it to unite the Bajorans against the Alliance on their side of the mirror. Uh-huh. Uh, plus, you know, to get rich. Um, yes. <laughs> Beryl seems to be feeling bad about it, and he goes to Quark's and he gets hammered, and Quark tries to convince him to pretend to be the real, the, the this universe's Vedic Beryl for cash. Yeah, because everybody's real excited to see this guy. Because, um, what the fuck? Why couldn't he be resurrected? That old poet. It happened to that guy. Yeah, maybe the orbits just sent him back. They said, yeah, I know he died in that terrible way. And there was poop all over the sheets when he was done. Everyone was <laughs> embarrassed. But, but he's back. Uh, but anyway, he doesn't like that idea. And he leaves and he heads straight for the temple. He's going to steal that orb. Quark stops by the cargo bay to warn Kira that Beryl is bad news he's probably gonna rob the damn place so Beryl and sex Kira now dressed as plain Kira get ready for their big caper she may be dressed like her but she doesn't walk like her no she's still got the sex walk (laughs) sex Kira seduces you know that's rude of us to say she grew up in a different universe maybe she just got scoliosis ah yeah they didn't have good health care I don't think yeah but of course um but Ark here grew up in the prison camps. They probably didn't have good health care either, huh? No. No. 
Maybe the Federation's fixed her back at a point before we see her. That could be. Maybe we gotta go all the way back to the pilot and see how she walks. Uh, Sex Kira seduces and gives a deputy such a classic Star Trek wang on the head that <laughs> when he wakes up, he'll probably hate women. Would be my oh, guess. I imagine. He's gonna have to go to Whore Island. <laughs> He's like gonna Scotty. have to go to Whore Island to fix this shit. <laughs> Kira confronts Beryl in the temple, but whoops, two Kiras. Too many Kiras. Yep. Uh, sex Kira wants Beryl to tell plain Kira that it was all a big game, but I guess he gets tired of Sex Kira and he stuns her. He doesn't kill her, which no. seems prudent to do. You should probably kill her. Well, it would have because the next words out of the, the <laughs> two mouths is yeah. Kira says, she is going to kill you when you guys <laughs> go like, back ah, there. He's like, maybe. Whatever. <laughs> I could see a world in which that happens, yeah. <laughs> but I'd screw it up if I stayed here. Yep, I, especially, I wrote here especially since they have a quick chat about how horny and murdery she'll be when she wakes up. Yeah. But no, nah, just a quick stun, and then Beryl has to flee, and so he and Sex Kira beam out of there, leaving plain Kira hella dateless again, sad and yeah. without a man. Yeah. End. Well, they gotta get her back to a place where Odo could start coming around again. I know. What did they ever tell us? What happened to Shakar? Just that they broke up or whatever? Yeah, they're just they broke up. They, they just couldn't. They couldn't um, get any more v- Duncan Regeer. Duncan Regeer. <laughs> Who can man? I tried to get him for a birthday party. It did not work. Ah, uh, that is a shame. That would have been great. Taking so many pictures with that guy. You said come as Zorro. <laughs> he said come his Zorro. name is Zorro, and he did. He told me he didn't even agree to have the conversation we were having. Ah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's rough when they uh, retract consent to talk to you. Yeah. I thought just by the fact that he was on the street meant that there was legal consent to talk yeah. to him. But he said, "Well, you're talking about we're in public." Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I said, "You don't own these streets," and so it didn't go great. Uh, what was this episode that made you so sleepy? All about um, who we are mm. is as much a product of our environment as it is an innate identity. Oh damn it! You came up with a take. Yeah. Oh, shit. I had to scratch for it, for sure. Okay. Uh, the idea of this episode is that this Beryl grew up on a Bajor with no profits. Mm. And he collaborated with the KCA. He was a thief rather than becoming a stoic bishop like if he'd had religion. Sure. But spending some time in a better place with better people makes him a better man. Um. So, of course, the writers throw this all away and send him back to the mirror universe because quote i'm a thief i belong with her <laughs> the message so is so um, yeah it's hard to say it's really about that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah well listen they had what i call a scotty problem at the end of this which is <laughs> he had him a shuttle man Get he can't be around next week i don't know so. I mean, he was around for three years and i kept saying he can't be around next week and he just kept coming back yeah but now they can't be like oh kira's old boyfriend is back and what's this mean and but so they're like, no, <laughs> listen, we did it once. He's not, he ain't sticking around. I was honestly, I had kind of forgotten this episode existed and I was pretty pissed off when he beamed in. Yeah, it was not great. That's not a great idea. Um, the message is whatever. This is one of those things where I don't think anybody thinks that's not true. Like, yeah. Uh, is there anybody out there who's like, nope, I would be the exact same person if I grew up in a family of shepherds on the Mongolian steppe. I'd just be just plain old me. <laughs> Just me with all my I sheep mean, friends, but I'd be just about me. Yeah, I guess I guess people who really believe in racial stereotypes might not believe that. They're probably like, oh, all blacks are like this. 
Mm. All uh, Asians are like this. You know? Maybe. I don't know, maybe, but like... (sighs) All Bajorans are like this, and you have to go, uh what about Mirror Vedic Burial? And then fucking Duncan Regeer goes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> please, please, I said, sir. I said I would The police are consent. on their way, sir. I said the document you have in your hand that says that we can have uh, this conversation, that is that is fraudulent. That is a forgery. Yeah. Um, It's a weak take, and the, of course the TV show writers cannot help but undercut it, so it's a three for me. Okay. I also had a three with... Hey, man, stop me if you've heard this before, but things aren't always as they appear. Subtake, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Tertiary take, a harsh reality is preferable to a pleasant fantasy. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not her burial, but it's kind of is. And then, like, but then he's also a thief. And he betrays her for sex cure. But then he doesn't in the end anyway. Yes. Anyway. <sighs> whatever <laughs> execution yeah um it was so obvious from the start that he he had a big trick up his sleeve there is no sense of surprise at all when sex kira b5s it out of the back room oh, and no. starts riding <laughs> this fucking loser um nobody wanted this wooden ass actor back on the show nobody Nobody at the time the show was airing was like, you know who my favorite character is, though? Like, why this show is so fucking good? Vedic Burial. Hey, man. did Lee Nollis die at the end of his little <laughs> he shit? He did. They gave him a shuttle, man. I couldn't so believe it. He would have been great. Bring back Mirror Lee Nollis instead. Yeah. That dude was way better. Dude, just uh, this Vedic Burial, man, he just crushes pussy and beats dudes' asses. Nobody ever said that. No one wanted him. I, as a kid, wasn't watching DS9 every week going, how cool would it be to have adventures in space with Vedic Burial? He's got double-action Vedic Kung Fu grips. Exactly. I didn't understand why he was back. It's a shit-ass oh. decision. Uh, always happy to see sex, Kira. So much more interesting than playing Kira. Although yeah, she's but- also basically just the shredder from Ninja Turtles. But <laughs> like 11% less horny. She's a Rukusaki? Yeah. You didn't get that feeling when you were watching her? Uh, I would. Uh, she showed up and I got real sleepy. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, There was no B-plot. No. That normally makes me happy, but not this time. Oh, you don't, the B-plot. You don't think the B-plot was Dax's great dinner party? No, I do not think that was the B-plot. Since the whole point was, fucking Kira can't get a date. She just can't get a date, man. Or she doesn't want to. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, I needed a distraction this time. A B-plot would have been acceptable. They didn't give me one. I gave it a two. Um. Well, we are still in lockstep. It was a two for me also. There's just nothing surprising about this one. Yeah. The plot points are the most basic version of this story possible. So you cannot be surprised that he's there to steal the orb. And it's also impossible to be surprised when he has a change of heart and betrays the intendant. Exactly correct. I mean, for one thing, they start they start teasing that particular portion of it well before the caper. Oh yeah, he starts to get real down in the dumps about 
having to do this big trick long before I, he's even sad about it before we even see sex Kira. So, yeah. So again, no surprises. And then Scotty comes by and picks him up in his shuttle to take him <laughs> to the mirror universe. So we never have to see him or think about him again. There's just no weight to this episode. It's empty. Yeah. It's one of the many that you could take entirely out of the canon. And no yeah. one would ever fucking know. But on top of that, I'm not sure it makes any sense. Baral claims to have no idea who the prophets are. We know there's no wormhole discovery in the mirror universe. Yeah. Why would this orb be the key to ruling a Bajor that it means nothing to? Wait, is this not convincing to you? Uh, guys, there's an alternate universe. Uh-huh. An this, in the alternate I, this universe. This item, this in this box. <laughs> there is a there powerful are some gods. orb. They're not really gods, but they're like, they may as well be. And they, they live call- near Bajor. Not they, call it a, they call it an orb. It's kind of hourglass shaped. Don't worry about it's it. It's shiny. Uh, anyway, I got it. If you look in it, you can have a dream. If that works in this universe. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look at it in a minute. Which, I should have checked. Actually, let me check first. Okay, it works. So You here's can have the a deal. dream if you look in it. Who's with me? In the dream, there are going to be people <laughs> that you know, but they represent people that you don't know. Why are you stabbing me? I I'm don't understand. <laughs> this was going... I thought this was going really well. How could this be anyone's plan, is what I'm saying. Like, Sure. Hey, we're going to go get an orb. Okay, why? I don't know. They like them. <laughs> Maybe the backup plan really was just to sell it for money. Yeah. Like, Look at the shiny thing I got. Give me f- 15 quatlus. Anyway, it was very hard for me to get into this episode. I found myself on my phone twice and had to rewind. So... <laughs> It's like wow, I used to be with TOS. Yeah, I just wake up at eight minutes were gone, and I go, "What? What happened?" Oh, that's fine. They just escaped from prison three times. It's not a big deal. Uh, in terms of world building, there's no ships at Deep Space Nine this week. Literally none. We are told there's mm-hmm. no ship in transporter range. Cisco told you last week the war seems very far away. Yeah, uh, there are no Dominion ships along the border. Quote. <laughs> And also, no one has fixed the fucking transporter since the last time these clowns just beamed into ops. No, you'd think you'd want to avoid that. Last time they kidnapped Jack Sisko. They did. He had to go see his um, surrogate mom die. Yeah, it was important. That way, when he writes his novel, he's going to have a lot to talk about. That's Anselm got twice as long when that happened. Yeah, back after the novel. Then I met my mom again. She died, though. I mean, it's not about that. (laughs) I love that they made the characters say that. We wrote a bad character. We better tell everyone we did that. It's a one, man. Like, yeah, we we they didn't say one thing about what's happening in the mirror universe. You can't. There's not even any world building about who's in charge over there. Mm-hmm. What's the other Cisco up to over there? Yeah. What about that that sex tax? What's she up to? Sure. No, nothing. Is Garrick still around? Is he still helping out the intendant? Is she, is she still intending? Because yeah. now she seems like she's just doing crimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what she is anymore. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Could you see a zero? 
<laughs> yes, I could. Okay, cool. <laughs> Are we doing zero? Because I give it a zero. Okay. <laughs> I said, uh, the mirror universe still exists. They got a Barile, but no orbs or profits or whatever. And they're still an intendant, but I don't think she's intending anymore. Doesn't seem like she's intending anything. Then I said, all. how how we feeling about the mirror verse? Is this world building? Was there any real life shit going on at all? Zero points. Yeah, it's fucking... What happens in this episode? Yeah, nothing. A guy from the mirror universe comes and hangs around for three days, doesn't steal an orb, and leaves. By the way... And then here <laughs> Dax is has a dinner party. The summary of events that has happened this season uh, that make it different from last season. Worf and Dax got married. That's it. I mean, there was a big war. That yeah, all happened this we are season. In the exact same place we were in yes. at the end of season five. We're just right back. Literally there. nothing is different. For sure. Jake Everything a, that happened in Jake that plot could be removed. That he hasn't written yet. But yes. yes. Could, you could remove the entire plot. Everything's the fucking same, except Zial is dead and uh, Dukat, I guess, is in prison or something. I mean, there's some stuff that seems like it may, some people have maybe have uh, retreated. We haven't seen Rom back in uniform yet. Oh, yeah. That's true. He might be back at the fucking bar still. <laughs> Just fell into old habits. Yeah. He somehow owed Quark a lot of fucking money by the end of that road run. And he's yeah, got to no, make it Zial's, Zial's dead and Golducott's <laughs> insane. Yeah. That's the I guess only, that's it. That's Those the things so and far. the marriage of Worf and yeah. uh, Dax. That's the only thing that's happened. Yeah, two people who shouldn't have gotten married dead. Most of the season, you completely remove it. It looks just like season five. Yeah. It's very disappointing. Well, but surely you found out there's a lot of great character work also, right? Oh, boy, let's cover it. Kira doesn't want to date anybody Dax likes because they're weird aliens. She has a run-in with Mirror Barile, and that affects her in some almost <laughs> indiscernible way. She fucking ignores everything Cisco says and dives in vagina first to this Barile thing. Yeah. Then she's got to say goodbye to him in the end, but I don't think it matters. Uh, Cisco got caught up with Mirror Jennifer, so he expects everyone will have the same problem he had. <clears throat> sex Kira is back and jealous of plain Kira I think or maybe jealous of Barile for fucking plain Kira I don't know actually uh well we know for sure that she would love to be in that three way <clears throat> yeah yeah two Kiras is that does it for her we learned that the first time they met yeah she's very into that idea uh and I think the fact that I don't know exactly what it is she's mad about in this episode is actually the best character work that is being done in it <laughs> Uh, Quark must still feel close to Kira after their little resistance era, because he goes to Warner about Barile. That doesn't seem like it's going to make him any money, so it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah. Listen, he had to be there anyway because he doesn't trust his staff to <laughs> unload a box. Literally so. shouts them, what is this, a union meeting? A union break. A union break? And you're yeah. like, oh, that's right. He uh, He's the worst at in every way. Yeah, so I guess while he was standing there, he could be like, yeah, this guy seems like a thief, but actually I kind of like that for you. But mm -hmm. um, I think he was but, casing the temple. So he just, definitely is going to steal some Just shit. a thought. Just yeah. a thought. I know thieves, so just a thought about that. Uh, I give it a four. That was the uh, the best part of the episode to me. Uh, well, I think I agree that characterization was the best part of the episode. I still only gave it a three. Okay. Uh, the intendant is still very arch and egotistical and hasn't learned anything or grown in any way, as far as we know. Nah, she's exactly where she was the first time we saw her. Uh, Kira likes this other version of Vedic Barile, just like Cisco said she would. 
But ultimately, she doesn't seem too surprised by his turn, and she makes basically no attempt to keep him in this universe, so it doesn't seem like she even gets carried away. Nope. Now, you're right that she definitely does one of those uh, internet videos where she does a backflip and takes her pants off in the middle of it. Yep. But, like... That'll get you drafted, man. Well, sure. <laughs> well, especially because she started it in the shallow end of a swimming pool. <laughs> and she's like 6'6". Six, six. It's really impressive. And she, and she landed bottomless on the deck of the pool, which mm-hmm. is pretty wild when you think about it. Well, especially when you include the flip. Um, <sighs> Worf and Dax remain a bad couple, and you shouldn't accept a dinner invitation from them. Mm-mm. Hell no, man. I ain't hanging out with Worf. Not season one TNG Wharf? Not gonna happen, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Quark, well, even season one TNG Wharf. <laughs> no, it's not season one when he thinks that human women would be too... No. Too fragile for him. No, that is not season one. Season one Wharf. He wouldn't have... He wouldn't fucking fuck around like that, say that shit out loud to people. No. Ship full of humans. No, it was probably just a case of... He got away with a couple, saying a couple of things because everyone was like, "I don't know, he's a Klingon. I guess I'm not getting in. I'm not getting in his face about it." And then it just got <laughs> worse and bigger worse and, and worse. bigger. Yeah, yeah. The only people he never disrespected were uh, the bravest human of all time, William Riker, and <laughs> uh, and his space dad, Captain Picard. Yeah, uh, Quark um, knows a thief when he sees one, but somehow still likes him for Kira. I'm not sure I can unpack that character work. That may just be pure Little League, even if it's the best scene in a bad episode. Sure. So, just a three from me. Okay. Yeah, she literally says to Cisco, the end of her scene with Cisco, she says it won't be a problem. Well, he's the, by the end way, of that scene. He doesn't check up on her again. That's his last scene in the episode, I think. Yeah. She says it won't be a problem. And then, like, just fucking straight into fucking the shit out of Vedic Mira Brown. And you're like, oh, man. I th- she was lying when she man. said it. wasn't even like she was. She thought it wasn't going to be a problem. And then she got fooled. She just straight lied to Cisco. How could he not? He, how could she not? He told her the most romantic story in all of the human sort of archetypal stories. Yes. Uh, prostitute with a heart of gold that died. Yep, she's dead, and that is important for my character, that she is dead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This was very important for me, this mm-hmm. story about this woman that I saved but didn't save. Her name is not important. Uh, the yeah. point is, she died, and I was very sad, and that is that is why we should all be thinking about this. Uh, he said her name, and I thought it was the name of one of Kira's pals from the Resistance, but it wasn't. Too bad it wasn't Lee Nollis. What if he'd been gay in the Oh, it would have been great. His level was Lee Nollis. That would have been a great writing right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they couldn't have got that. They wouldn't have showed that in Alabama, so. That's right. Still wouldn't. Oh, boy. Um, Some quick hitters. Sure. Uh, I don't remember. Did Dax know how close to having an affair Kira and O'Brien got? I don't think anyone knows that, except me, and I'll never not think about it. Okay, but she knows that Kira lived with them for a long time, right? So, like... She could have suggested maybe O'Brien and Keiko also come. I mean, Keiko's not there, but she could have said, oh, you could come with O'Brien. You know O'Brien. You guys are... That's right. You guys were roommates for months and months. And then Kira would have had to, like... That dude's helped you out of the bath and rubbed you all over. <laughs> Make hella excuses about why she couldn't do that. She's because like, remember, she's so horny for him, they cannot be alone together. It's like, Dax, I would like to, but I can't let that happen. 
That can't. I can't. That cannot be allowed to happen. I cannot watch him eat Klingon food. <laughs> it's too powerful. Or it's over. It's too powerful. I'll be doing one of my patented backflips. So <laughs> they couldn't be in the same room together because they were too horny for one another. Uh-huh. I just. I'll never forget what they Listen, did to that, those characters. That's what'll happen if any man is ever friends with any woman. Just ask it a TV writer. That's right. <laughs> I had to tell Marjan for 20 minutes about that while we were watching this episode. She, of course, forgot about the emotional affair between Kira and O'Brien. I just, I just love the end. I don't know why we litigate that old episode, but I just love the idea that Kira would tolerate for one minute this whiny man. She grew up in a prison camp. I know. Yeah. And he's going to be like, uh, Keiko makes me pick up my socks. <laughs> and then... <laughs> she... How come he's not Staten Island? Kira doesn't just. Uh, it's a good. That's a very good question. I need to think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's something that you got. That's some about introspection for you. I have to do. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, the guy's uh, a real fucking lump, fucking pile of lumpy mashed potatoes for sure. Uh, Kira's a little bit of a racist. Yes. Won't won't date a dude with a glass skull. Won't date a dude with three eyes. Yep. Won't date a dude under six feet tall. Won't date a dude with a baby mama. We get it. You think you're a catch. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. This, uh, I remind you, is the command headquarters for the Ninth Fleet. <laughs> no, where is the Ninth Fleet? Range. Where is it? It's not scouting. Well, Martok's forces are scouting the border. I don't know if the whole Ninth Fleet is. That seems that'd be a real f- reconnaissance and force. A weird mission. <laughs> Said the whole fleet. Maybe the Cardassians undid whatever countermeasures prevented beaming from the alternate universe. Or maybe they never bothered to install any because Cisco likes to go there and play with Dax. Yeah, he does. I wonder how many people know about that. Yeah. As he definitely did all the sex with her. Every kind. <sighs> he did it both ways. They touched nips together. All, everything. <laughs> everything oh, did some Harry Kim stuff? Yeah, they did Harry Kim style sex even. Shit. Yeah. Well, they had a checklist. He'd always wanted to do with Dax, and he'd ah, check yeah, them yeah. all off that night. Um, do you think they gave this guy a heads up that he was going to be running around bare chested, or did they just call him and say, "We've got a part for you this week"? But it's, <laughs> he didn't um, seem like he'd been putting in time at the gym. For it's sure. not robes this time. It's not <laughs> your usual flowing robes. <laughs> they didn't give him nearly as much time as they gave Chaco for that boxing episode. What are you talking about? They gave Chaco enough time to buy two shirts to wear. <laughs> One over the other. <sighs> that episode was about pathos. <laughs> How dare you reduce I, hey, it to the physicality of Beltran? I don't want to be crazy like my nice grandfather. <laughs> he was just like a cool guy. It's the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Uh, <clears throat> as always... In TV, Kira's, quote, not pressing charges. Mm. So this guy's just free to go about his business, even though he took a member of the staff hostage. At gunpoint. At gunpoint. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely up to her whether or not to press charges. Cisco should have yelled at her in his yelly voice that it wasn't up to her. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, Matthew, between the end of the Cardassian occupation and now, I mean the first time, 
They should have given the Bajorans a bigger temple space. They can get, like, 20 people in this thing. Yeah, especially, it doesn't make any sense, because we know they got, like, six traveling Vedics at any given time yes. on DS9. This room's just going to be filled with Vedics. It is always a fucking conclave of Vedics on Every the station. Time. up there. And they've got that little tiny chapel. I'm guessing that most Bajorans are less religious than Kira. I think that's probably true. Probably especially no after that guy, that guy to tried s- to bring back their Dajaras. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a, that was not a good look for the religion. And a general. dude just pushed a pushed a guy off the fucking rails to his death, and he's like, "Fuck, fucking me, scum." <laughs> that was such a that guy was a trip. Um, uh, yeah, man, I I think that's true. I think that's why they got that guy who stands at the entrance and tries to like hug you into there. They got the Walmart like, greeter for uh, that reason. Come on They're just in. trying to get. If they can, hey guys, if we could get one more person in this month, just like one new person, that's all. <laughs> They're not coming to our folk guitar stuff. They're not. Nope. They did not come to see our Kevin Sorbo movie. People keep people keep saying the uh, the incense is stinking up the promenade. So we should probably do something about that too. Also, should we move it? It's right across the street from the sex holodeck. <laughs> Well, no, we found that actually people feel very guilty when they come out of there, and they uh, occasionally do visit the temple for that reason. Uh, counterpoint, five times this week I've seen a guy stop in the middle, look at the temple, look <laughs> at the hollow suites, and go right into the hollow suites. <laughs> I, I heard a guy uh, mutter under his breath, could go to church in there if I wanted to. <laughs> That's right. Church program, sexy, execute. Anyway, it's a very small temple. Church program. The nuns aren't wearing bras. <laughs> Execute. I like to think that that's the guy's that's his special word. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got a he's got some particular taste, so um, he's kind of into opaka. He does a lot of opaka based <laughs> stuff in there. Kai opaka, Quark's head. Execute. <laughs> um. Hey, if you're coming to dinner at my house, don't bring one of these guys who thinks his crime stories are charming. Oh, so you're the you're Worf in this one. I'm for sure Worf in this one. <laughs> Except for the part where it turns out Worf's objection is he doesn't think that you could steal a Mechleth from a Klingon. Even though sucks. by now he should know that Klingons are usually drunk. Klingons are usually drunk, and even the ones who aren't are just there to get shot by aliens. And so. he doesn't say in this episode you could never steal it from a Klingon warrior. Except Alexander, you could. He, pro- he, <laughs> Definitely. he probably could. I bet yeah. someone has his Mechleth right now. If I was allowed to mention uh, this particular Klingon contractually, who's definitely still on the show, then I would I would say his name. But you know who I'm talking about. But my cool brother Kern, whose mind I had wiped and I did not invite him to the wedding, <laughs> uh, you couldn't <laughs> steal his Mechleth, probably. It's so funny how they make Worf the worst person on the fuck in the fucking whole galaxy yeah he hasn't said one word about Kern since that happened man no he doesn't care doesn't give a shit it's just one less thing for him to worry about now he's hard he's house Martok now he didn't give a shit about Kern yeah that's fucking crazy <sighs> do you remember the cool. time hold on a second oh, he says on. you can't steal a mechleth from a Klingon warrior do you remember in the episode where the guy used the rocks to get, make ladies old and horny uh-huh. How he just stands there feebly as two guards slowly approach him from either side, and he just goes, "Ah, oh, they got me." <laughs> yep. Oh, they got my Now they got my mechleth, guys. All I had was this dustbuster. You, uh, <clears throat> you don't know what this is called yet, but this is my mechleth, and they got it from me. They took it right out of my back pocket. It hasn't so. been invented yet, but it's gonna be because someone thought 
Worf probably would have different swords also, not he just one. He would just have one sword. I'm surprised he didn't steal Duras's sword. That seems, that seems like the kind of thing that you would be able to take with you. Didn't Duras just basically have a katana? Yeah, and that's why it's fucking cool. Also, as we've talked about a million times, <laughs> like, even the I got slimies... this from an Earth store named Excalibur. <laughs> Was we talked about it a whole bunch. What was cool about the Klingons in TNG times was even the world's slimiest Klingon, the one we're definitely supposed to hate, is like, oh, right of vengeance. All right, give him my fucking sword. I guess we're doing this. He didn't like try to sneak his way out or do anything like that. He's just like, yeah, I guess we got to fight to the death. (laughs) Give me the give me the ninja toe I bought from uh, (laughs) the knife collector show. Guts paper's so good. That's what this guy's worth to me. Sit there and be cut like so much paper. And then he fucking started swinging on him. Uh, I thought it would have been cool if they'd showed us this guy's vision, but it was full of, like, all people we've never met telling him horse shit that makes no sense to us. And then <laughs> you and I could go, I see it looks like Blongo, but it really represents Fermi. <laughs> it's different, they're two different guys, but they looks like him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, man. Was collarbone play a thing of the '90s, or like, why is it so vampy? Why did Dark Passenger Troy and Fake Major Kira mm. both run their fingers along their collarbones? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't made that connection. Like, did I fucking miss a thing back from when uh, women were expected to be a lot skinnier than they are now? Oh, yeah, because you can hella see that collarbone. Yeah, where it's that like, That thing's ooh, just jutting out. Ooh, look, I can touch my collarbone. Mm, feels bony. You could drink soup out of that little divot right. If I don't right there. Move, if I just sit like this, exactly like this. Yeah. Do it I quick, don't move. though. Yeah. It's a little hot. It's too hot. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's that, or there was one collarbone guy on TNG, but he moved to Deep Space Nine after TNG ended. Yeah, sure, probably a DP or something. Uh, yeah, guys, we can get a really good shot here of the collarbone if you guys are interested. Now, you know, no pressure. Most of the guys from TNG ended up on Voyager. But, you know, maybe this guy came to Deep Space Nine, and that's why it's not Bolana Torres in Season 4 <laughs> doing oh, collarbone yeah. stuff. I'm sure we saw it at some point and hadn't made the connection yet. Kess do some collarbone <laughs> stuff when she was going through the whatever. Del Delogium? Yes. <laughs> Is that what you mean? That's what I mean. <laughs> You don't mean the uh, her second birthday party? <laughs> it was near her second birthday party. Sure. <clears throat> um. Okay. Now, as soon as you see someone from the mirror universe, the whole station should be on like code silver, looking mm. out for doppelgangers, right? Yeah. So many doppelgangers out there. It's just like when the fucking uh, when the fucking changelings are around, man. Mm-hmm. Gotta watch out for doppelgangers. Like, if these guys had that, if they had that alert, fake Kira would have been stunned two hip thrusts into her seductive walk up to this guy. <laughs> that guy, man. Ah, oh, that guy. He's uh, He was a dumb dummy, and that's why he was just security oaf number whatever. But, like... But really, it's like, hey, we're doing, we're doing Mirror Universe stuff this week. Everybody look out for your Mirror Universe counterpart. Everybody... Yeah, have a buddy and you look out for their mirror universe counterpart That's too right. we're doing buddy system That's right. Yeah, hey computer if tell. there's two of anybody let me know right away 
That's you know what? That seems like the kind of thing the computer should automatically alert you. Probably about. not on a Cardassian station, but no, like, but like something like that happens in the a TNG episode this week, where you go, it should probably just tell you if someone disappears from the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, in my quick hitters for sure. Yeah, but it doesn't. But like it should, and I think that's the kind of thing a computer should. Uh, tell it does. You. If it you should go to security proactively alert, alert for, you. By the way, it should proactively alert you if there's two people who are exactly uh-huh. the same person on yeah. the ship. There should be. There should have cut up to ops, and uh, Dax should have said, "Huh, we got uh, two Kiras, Captain. We got two Kiras on board." Yep. Let's find her. Let's track her down. All right. You know what? She'll be have walking sexy here. through the. It fucking... won't be hard to figure out which one is which. <laughs> doing her sex walk through the fucking uh, uh, Jeffrey's tubes or whatever they got on these stations. Everybody but Garrick is a little different in the mirror universe, but um, Kira is very, one. very different. So two Garricks wrestling, you definitely would not know which one to shoot. Nah. No, no, no. Honestly, you might just go, you know what? We could have two Garricks. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is actually a good opportunity for us. We could double our Garrick. Yeah. Why don't we just have two Garricks and this let them figure out which one, <laughs> which one wants to be called uh, Thomas? <laughs> <clears throat> and then, um, why did the mirror transport device deactivate the force field around the orb? Did they just not want to make an extra prop this week? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that don't make sense. I give best actor to Quark and worst actor to Rebel Burial. Guy wins it every time he's on the show. <laughs> he's won it a few times. He's an all-timer. Is he, is he on the DS9 actor rankings? Ah, uh, he is. He's at the bottom. <laughs> How could he not be? He's well, he's at the worst. He's at the bottom because he's no longer in the show, actually. But all right, but if you take a look at where his points are. It, but his ranking his was the points worst are at the he, bottom. <laughs> yeah, basically the worst when he went out. So he was tied with Dax on both of them. Yeah, poor Dax. I think she's gotten better, but I, we'll have to do the next actor. Oh God, it's episode one thirty. When are we doing another act? Were we supposed to do one at one twenty-five? I'm like not excited about doing it. I don't want to do it either. Uh, we can do it. We can have a big wrap up when we're done with the fucking. Or we can do them. We'll do Voyager after it drops out and DS9 after it drops out, maybe. The the actor rankings are not important. I agree. I agree. And in 2017, it was a terrible idea. Yeah. But it was only the second terrible idea we had within a year of that date. Anyway, the the last actor ranking we did is only two and a half years old, so it's not (laughs) that out of date. Did you have some quick hitters for this episode? No, fuck that. I don't (laughs) know anymore. I'm done with that. Well, it scored 17 points, which is quite bad. That's a very bad score, but the you last know, we've DS seen episodes win with that The score, score 17 points was actually Sons and Daughters. That was pretty recent. Really? I mean, it didn't make any fucking sense. That episode yeah. didn't make sense. Um, but before that, no, it was Children of Time in 118. Okay, all right. <laughs> Deep, Deep Space Nine is perfectly capable of throwing up a 17. That's right, it turns out. That's what I've learned. Um, second place last week was Voyager. So this week we're going to discuss Blink of an Eye. Voyager finds a weird planet. It's so weird. It's like a quasar and a collapsed dwarf star all in one, but it's definitely a planet. Yes. And they got to investigate, man. They got that itch. 
So the they they move closer to it, and then the warp drive goes offline instantly, and the impulse and thrusters ain't doing shit. They yeah. fucked this thing up so fast, so fast. It wasn't like they hung out there for a few days and got fucked. It was within fucking seconds. I presume that it's just because they have resource issues that they don't just have a probe running ahead of them all the time. It's because I, this happens to them every week. It's. <coughs> They fuck up so fast all the time. Like, please think about it for a second. Please don't fly close to the thing. Ugh. It it shit just happens to them too. They just found their way into the Vodwar underspace. That's <laughs> true. They were just flying along. Got sucked in. Anyway, they popped up, and too. the Terrain were like, "You suck." And the Jane was like, "This isn't about us." <laughs> I wish you'd said that. Um. Anyway, they're getting sucked in here too. So, hooray for science. Down on the planet, it's uh, the music from before, from Civ 5 before you've researched irrigation or whatever. <laughs> Ancient times. Yep. You get it. Yeah, it's definitely Stone Age or maybe early Bronze Age. Yeah, you, uh, cave people or whatever see a bright star above, presumably Voyager credits. Yeah, these cave people, they decide Voyager wants this fire fruit so fucking bad. No one can ever eat it again. Just the new god in the sky. That's his fruit now. Or hers. <laughs> Voyager achieves stable orbit, but not like through anything intentional. Nope. Some uh, tachyon field is responsible or something. The planet's core is a tachyon core. This will not matter. It doesn't matter. Also... Now Voyager is acting as like a third pole and has affected the planet in a big way. Yeah. Also, also, each second is like a day on that planet. And here are the stakes. If Voyager, like, gets any closer to that planet, they'll start to age faster, too, or whatever. They're, they'll go into fast time. They could experience a year there, and the rest of the galaxy would barely move. I guess those are the stakes. Anyway... Also, they're making the planet shake a lot. Uh, Chaco wants to take hella pictures and track their development for centuries and centuries. So I guess we, the viewers, will be doing the same. Yep, next scene, it's like fucking medieval times down there. They got monks and castles and dumb shit. Yeah. Some dude's trying to send a letter to the ground shaker slash light bringer with a hot air balloon. And um, he thinks it's possible that the light above really is responsible for all their shaking. And it's not just a cool name. And he wants who wants that fucker to cut that shit out. But he offers recompense. He does. So up he, he offers to trade them uh, three gold for their map. <laughs> yep. For introduction to the Vaudoir. Yep. <laughs> uh, back on V'ger. Uh, Chaco was watching their dumb cities all choked up with pollution and progress. Uh, but Voyager's probe has been hyperaging because it's closer to the planet and it breaks up in the atmosphere. Back on the planet, scientists are trying to send Voyager messages again, but this time with radio communication. They're sending the prime numbers and all of that good stuff. Uh, pictures of dresses that could be one color or another color, <laughs> depending. Oh, you think they've already reached memes by this point? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. It's a meme society. Uh, another big shake happens as two scientists chat about uh, doubt 
uh, and aliens and superstition. And um, Seven picks up their next signal, but of course, t- uh, time goes by so fast that by the time they decode this thing, those fuckers are long gone. Um, anyway, they do slow it down and listen, and they get this scientist's very polite message asking him to stop shaking their planet. And for some reason, they argue about the Prime Directive next. Uh-huh. I... Man, by the time your argument is done, they'll be blasting you with missiles and shit. I would say focus on leaving. Anyway, um, <clears throat> they decide to send down the doctor. I guess to waste more time. <laughs> well, their plan is only to be out for three seconds. <laughs> yeah, well, their plan their plans are usually bad and don't work, and that is what happens here as well. He's yeah, he's gonna go down and observe them, and then he'll be back. In three of Voyager seconds, or more than two days down there, but whoops, they can't beam him back up because of a technical whoopsie. And he ends up down there for so long. Three years for him. They find him in the cultural center because he's really a singer. He didn't go down there and become a doctor. Don't waste his time like that. Anyway, he says everybody loves to talk about... They, they get him back, and he says everybody loves to talk about the skyship. And they're making great strides as they attempt to reach the skyship. <clears throat> you know, ever reaching for the TP in space. Uh, and then uh, Naomi Wildman visits Seven and tells her about her dumb astronomy report. Um, and Seven sends some new navigational parameters to try to break orbit, but they fail and they make another big quake on the planet. And soon a rocket or something flies up there. It's one of them manned rockets, but these old boys don't know about time displacement, so they lost everything on this mission. Yeah. But they get up near Voyager, and they, like, fucking board the ship. Um, And the reason they're allowed to do that without anybody noticing is, like, they're moving way faster. Everyone on Voyager looks like they're standing still or whatever. I don't know how that works. They said if they get closer to the planet, they'd move hella fast, but it don't matter. Um, it doesn't work for long. Yeah. Then suddenly they become uh, unstuck in time or whatever, and they pass out as time goes back to normal. Uh, how rad would it have been if Zathros was in this? Um, would have been pretty good. They would have called him something slightly different, and his makeup would have been slightly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is an original problem. idea. Uh, Daniel Day Kim lived. He's wild. He did. <laughs> but the lady he was with beefed it. They made a good choice of, of those two actors who to let live. Uh, yeah, but dangerous idea to let Daniel Day Kim guest on Voyager, because then you're just like... Oh, <laughs> the guy's uh, better than the people on Voyager. Uh, what if there was a As show that was just this guy in 7 and 9? <laughs> man, that's a good buddy comedy. He's the straight man in that. That's what's so good about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Anyway, they have a polite chat when he wakes up, and they at least explain to him that this is all a big whoopsie. They didn't mean to do it, and they only have been there for like a week or whatever, so like they didn't mean it. But they can't figure out how to leave, um, and now he knows how fast time is going, but he still has a nice long chat with Janeway, so I guess yep. he knows he's ultra-fucked no matter what, so why bother hurrying back? He is, but I don't think anyone bothers to explain to him. Like, they just say they're already gone, but I guess he doesn't stop and do the math because it's like... The planet is moving fast, for sure. Yeah. But an hour on Voyager is actually only 10 years on the planet. That's true. You could probably get so back like, and see someone. 
he probably could have gotten back there and it's like they still definitely there were people who knew who he was for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway he just like i said just sits there drinking tea or coffee or whatever the fuck's happening and he sings a little song about the skyship and agrees to help them leave um he chats with schmollis about sports yikes and joins seven and astrometrics and she picks up uh some warp tests going on below and then the shields start taking hits and th- these dudes can fire real fast so like it gets bad uh they send daniel day kim back to explain their situation and try to convince him to stop blasting voyager schmollis asked him to find out what happened to his son the yep. first time we heard about that his cool son jason that he didn't tell anyone about <laughs> and uh and he goes back down. His people don't believe it's really him, but then he like he forces a landing, uh, uh, I guess. Uh, soon they're hit by like tricobalt devices, so like these guys are keep advancing, and the shields are down. And it's so dire. And then uh, two more energy signatures come up from the planet, but this time it's like two tugs, and they yep. tow Voyager out of orbit. I guess they figured out how to do that. So Daniel Day Kim convinced them eventually, and then. Um, so they're free, and Daniel Day Kim beams aboard, and uh, he can only be there for a few seconds or whatever. He says it's going to be a while before they join the rest of the galaxy, because they got some shit to work out, because they go so fast. Uh, and then he beams away, and then we see old-ass bad makeup Daniel Day Kim <laughs> sitting in a futuristic city and watching the sky, and the episode ends. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> This is one of the Are you interpreting all the symbols? <laughs> yeah, no, I Searching can't. your subconscious for their meaning? I did try after I watched it, but I could. it was very difficult. <laughs> what about you? Turn that around. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. So I, I think, and I will say this is the one this week I spent the most time fucking trying to figure it out. Isn't that rough when you have to spend, I mean, it's so bad we have to watch these and talk about them, but to, uh-huh. to sit there and think about it. Mm. Uh, I guess it's probably something like, we will grow beyond the need for gods. Okay. That's the big take I'm assigning to this episode. Someday. I hope that's true. I'm, I don't know. I hope that's true. Uh, this planet starts out trying to appease the angry god Voyager. Then they try to negotiate with it. Then they try to destroy it. And ultimately, they come to its rescue, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, they probably got on the radio and tried to ridicule it as a religion. <laughs> but they just couldn't. <laughs> I know. Just, not, what can you possible. say about it? Yeah, I know. We learned that a long time ago. Um. So whatever. A humanist message from Star Trek that they're too timid to say outright in 2000, though they would have in 1989. Sure. Picard would have just said. <laughs> Proudly. One day you you won't need gods. You just would have said that straight to a lady who uh, his buddy tried to shoot him with an arrow or whatever. And that's whatever. I gave it a four. That's not the problem with this episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had what motivates civilization to uh, advance and explore and achieve. Uh, it's an episode seemingly funded by NASA again. <laughs> it's a real vague science and philosophy question that won't get you many points, unfortunately. I gave it a three. <laughs> it is kind of... Uh... There is definitely talk, and I I wish they had hit it harder because it would have been I would have been happier with that take. There is kind of talk about once they know that Voyager's not a god, what are they going to do down there? Yeah, because everything's been building towards it. They've been trying to reach the skyship for fucking ever. 
Right. Everything's been about the sky ship. Like, presumably they got to hot air balloons a little faster in Galileo times because of this. Yeah. You know, or whatever, but... Mm. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't really. That was a kind of a throwaway part of it, just like everything else. Uh, Just moving into execution. These fucking guys ain't ever gonna learn. Stop investigating. Take some scans on your way past this shit and go home. <laughs> They got broken within 14 seconds of trying to investigate this thing. Yep. And then they changed an entire civilization. Oh, yeah. Because they could, because they just had to check it out, man. <laughs> you saw that planet. It was so weird. This is way worse than their fucking weird duck blind failing. <laughs> it's true. Um, I actually don't mind how the episode develops. Uh, uh, like, sure, there are lots of inconsistencies and plot holes and it's pure sci-fi premise with no real personal value to me, but I guess it's a fun little what-if. The actors on this planet suck eggs, though, man. Man. Everyone until Daniel Day Kim eats shit in this episode. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why he seems so competent. Everyone was just... Fucking God, the actors on this... Everyone on the planet was trash. And we already know everyone on Voyager's trash. <laughs> Sorry, just I'm, every I am line trying, delivery. I am I was trying just because it's the very first thing I'm going to address <laughs> when we get to my execution. So I'm just going to keep it inside for okay. 15 more seconds. All right. Uh, and then I said, pretty inconsistent how TP goes from we owe it to these people to explain ourselves to we have to shoot them. Yep. <laughs> took like 20 minutes in Voyager time. Uh, I actually didn't think this one was so bad. Um, but you do have to say, despite all of this. Despite all of this, it wasn't so bad. I gave it a four. Okay, well, you liked it more than I did. Um, it's going to be a two for me. Okay. There's not a lot good here. No. There's a ton of digital effects work in this episode, and it all looks like a 1990s CD-ROM game. Sure. And that's exactly where they pitched the acting. Oh, no. <laughs> These guys are... Well, they're not as good as Pile of Bullets. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not as good as Pile of Bullets at but all. But they're a lot like one of the lesser missed sequels. Okay. Like, <sighs> this whole thing, just like we talked about the other week, this whole thing should have opened in a uh, 300 by 200 window when every time <laughs> we were down on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> to see the bad, bad, bad cutscene actors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. It was they were fucking bad, man. It was rough and like when they're like, "Oh, it's castle times." Uh. Okay, well, let's composite in a castle digitally into mm -hmm. this scene. So terrible looking. Yeah, it looked bad. <laughs> the people on this impossible planet are living in a time dilated way for <clears throat> reasons. Yeah. Voyager can't leave for reasons. Sure. The Technobabble level of this episode is off the chart. <laughs> I mean, that's Voyager for you, though. You tried to describe some of it, because otherwise, what do you say about why they're in this situation? Yeah, just reasons. But literally, here is the transcript. Seven says, the planet has a tachyon core. Yeah, yeah. It's produced a subspace particle field, which runs between the poles. Voyager's arrival disrupted that field. <sighs> Yeah. 
The Tachyon Core, Matthew Janeway says, has yeah. created a space-time differential between the planet and surrounding space. Yeah, man, think about it. <sighs> Boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they spit all that stuff out, like one thing after another. Yeah. So that if you're a fucking idiot trying to take notes, you're just like, what the fuck's happening? Some kind of space, some kind of space tachyon times. Janeway and crew get together to talk about the Prime Directive, but the walk from the bridge to the conference room is longer than they spend discussing it. And then they just send Schmullis down. Yeah. I didn't even know what the hell the Prime Directive... I mean, like, they already know you're there. They looking at you. Like, you can't even leave. So there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Uh, And then he apparently has a kid in an opera (laughs) career down there, but we don't see anything about that. No, and even he doesn't seem that worried about it. He's not like, I can't leave my son. He's like, no. I don't know, go find out how my son died. Just no, see if they, it was funny. They fucking beam him back, and he's like, I knew you were coming back. Because I could always look up and see the sky ship. Nothing yeah, else that happens in the episode in peril affects any member of the Voyager staff and crew until the planet gets technologically savvy enough to start shooting at them. And then they're able to communicate and everything's over. This is true. We do not learn how this planet deals with the idea of maybe blowing up their god to stop earthquakes. <laughs> or how they deal with the news that they are permanently cut off from the rest of the universe because of time. Yeah. Or anything. All we see is Daniel Day Kim watching the star wink <laughs> out in inner light makeup. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, it was that bad. The makeup was bad. He looked like a monster. Uh, This episode sort of wants to be Who Watches the Watchers, sort of wants to be The Inner Light. There's an obvious nod to Wink of an Eye from TOS, the episode in which radiation makes the people speed up till they make buzzing noises, and Kirk leaves Spock time-accelerated to clean the ship. Yeah. But this episode was just flat and empty. So the second time I've said that this week. (laughs) Oh, good. We're going for something. So it's a two for me. Let's shoot for a sweep. Yeah. Um, world building yeah well this is the one i gave a zero yeah there's a weird planet Uh uh-huh that's how weird was it oh it's very weird it's so weird a weird planet exists it's so tantalizingly weird we just have to get all in it yeah get in that we don't Uh, even learn how those guys got them out of there no, they just send up their tugs like uh, you just tow you out. What? Voyager doesn't even know how to escape this kind of weird planet. If they run into another one and there aren't They're people fucked. living down there, it's over. Game well, over. That's going to happen because they have to stop at every weird planet. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't see how I can give world building points. Well, I gave another zero. Rough. It's my second world building zero in two episodes hey, so far. I'm going to say this. The next episode that we have to discuss, the TNG, it's not a world building episode <laughs> either. It is not. I didn't zero it, but man. Yeah, not a lot of world building this week. Uh, yeah, you said nah, though. Just like just planets like these exist in Star Trek. Otherwise, it's a, a prime directive argument that doesn't make sense and covers no new ground. So, yeah, zero. Uh, characterization. The doctor had a whole sun down there. Yeah. And he's, then he says, Daniel, they Kim, go find out if the my kid's last words were hella stupid. Yeah, he doesn't say to him, I'm a hologram, so it's not my biological son. Yeah. But, like, uh, I still loved him like a son for the three years I was there. Yeah. Doesn't say yeah. any of that. Nope. Doesn't say anything to anyone about it. And is so happy when he gets beamed up. 
And incidentally, I'm not a dad anymore. He named that kid Jason. Yes. What is the deal with that? So it's not supposed to mean something. He dated a lady who had a kid, but the the kid was real young, and for a couple of years, Schmalz basically was his dad. Like he named that kid. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. Well, we'll never know. Uh, Why didn't he become a doctor? Why is his program's real passion to become a singer? Why though? Mm -hmm. Uh, We still got science Choco this week. He, you know, he's been around for four episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna be his big anthropological breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TP sucks. Uh, the Wildman baby just keeps showing up. Yeah. Uh, it's two. It's two. <sighs> um, I mean, I have it as a two also. <laughs> so, let's talk about it. Chakotay is still an amateur anthropologist. Naomi Wildman and Seven of Nine are still friends. Where's her <laughs> yeah. mom? Yeah, no one knows, her man. No one's seen mom. her in ages. I think she died. She must have died off screen somewhere, and uh, Neelix is just telling her that she'll be home soon. Someone at some point said, we like the kid. Not so sure about the mom. We don't need the mom. And we don't like her. Uh, the ridges are cute on the kid. We don't really like them on the... Oh, uh, didn't she... have them, huh? <laughs> Shmolus apparently lived a big life down below, and seems to have been more successful in a world where everyone treated him like an actual person and not a jumped-up coffee maker. Or, I mean, he could be lying about all of that. <laughs> I guess that's true. It could just be a bunch of bullshit, huh? Like, they did find him in the opera district, but he just liked going, he just snuck into a bunch of operas down there. Yeah. Janeway would rather take a million missiles to the dome than damage one precious life form, unless their quarters smell bad or they're becoming too popular with the crew where they got flowers for Algernon disease, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> I don't think this is a character episode. The guest of the week gets more time and better lines than any of the crew. Uh, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it's going to be a two for me. All right. Uh, quick ones. Uh, this one is rich in techno babble nonsense, huh? Yeah. And it's it's all packed into one scene, one or two scenes, which is really the big problem with it. Yeah, there have uh, in the previous times, years ago, 2016 or something, I would have just listed all the techno babble from Voyager because in the it's world always, building section, it's uh, yes, because it's always a bunch of fucking bullshit. Yeah, Chakotay is still an anthropologist this this season. Yep. Before you know, the Maquis got in the way. Yep, that's a thing we learned about him recently. That often happens with Chakotay. We'll learn about I mean, We'll suddenly learn he has a, a blood rival that we didn't know about. <laughs> technically. Uh, technically, I think he told Seven he wanted to be a paleontologist, but, you know, it's all the same. Whatever. Although, yeah, exactly. All of those sciences about the olden times are the same. It's weird how he didn't get that excited when they met the dinosaur people. No, but he did have to give him a sweet argument, though, because he's so sensitive. Yeah, that's true. He was the one who gave him the sweet argument, right? Uh, uh, something like I remember that. About how uh, you guys are. Uh, we made cartoons about you guys. They were pretty good. You guys uh, seen Land Before Time? Yes, that was a good one. I like Littlefoot. Is that one of them? Is one of you guys Littlefoot's dad? <laughs> oh, you ain't seen it. Oh, uh, not the mama, right? Oh, you ain't seen that either? You ain't seen dinosaurs? Oh, boy. Um, And this is where I wrote, fuck, this looks like a cutscene from Mist 3. 
Um, time seems to be passing a lot faster than 10 years per hour down there. These dudes went from Stone Age all the way to Galileo times in one cut. Yeah, I don't know how much time we lost there in that commercial break. But yeah, like yes. logically it would have to have been five or six days, but I guess maybe yeah. not that much, huh? Yeah. We see this dude write and he writes in English. Yeah. That's, that's not us. usual on Star Trek, but <laughs> they do do that for us this time. That's just for us. No, often we see a uh, Rikers in, in Menage a Troy Rikers got an interface with a Ferengi computer and it's like, I guess he can read Ferengi. They, they didn't know who cool... the Ferengi were three years ago, but I guess he can read it. Yeah, the art team made a bunch of cool Ferengi symbols that do stick around. Like, you see them all the yeah. time. Oh, they were going to yeah. throw away that panel. Yeah, not, not us. Not these guys, though. These guys write yeah, in no, English. This guy writes in English when the dude's like, it's me, ketamine, son of ketamine. Uh, uh, please, you know. Knock it off it with the, and then you. You, it shows you the guy and with his little quill, he's written, it's me, ketamine, son. And you're like, huh, it's just English. Yeah. There should be a scene where Janeway asks the doctor to start preparing for the mission, and then as soon as he leaves, like, everybody knows they need to hang back in the conference room so she can ask everybody if maybe sending Schmullis down is worse than doing nothing. <laughs> because he is the data of this show. He is untrustworthy. Yep, 100%. He's um, technology that never worked, and honestly, it doesn't really seem like they intended it to. They thought no one was ever going to turn it on, is what it seems like. Uh, Shmoles asks Seven to see if there she knows anything, if there are any uh, opera houses or theater districts, because he can't ask her to uh, search for news reports about, quote, an absolute douche. <laughs> I don't know if they had reached meme levels at that point, you'd be like, uh, there's going to be some viral videos of this fucking asshole that everybody hates, for sure. Seven, I want You'll you to find use him the, on Twitter. I want you to use the search term male Karen. <laughs> yep. Um, a blink, a human blink takes about 150 milliseconds, mm. which is roughly uh, three hours for these guys. So I guess everyone would be pretty still when they make it up to the ship. Sure. But I wonder if the movement of pouring coffee would still be detectable. Well, or, that's, that was the big moment for these guys. They can't figure out why everyone's not moving, and then they see the coffee, and they're like, oh, time, though. Yes. I also wonder what the refresh rate of Voyager's monitors, what Voyager's screens are. Oh, it's true. That would be super annoying to look at, I bet. Because they must have passed a ton of monitors, and it's weird that they never saw one refresh and realized that time was moving real slow. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, these guys figured it out in about the same amount of time it took... Uh, Picard and Troy and Jordy to figure out. Hey, we haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> that, that the uh, that the other ship is that the Enterprise and the Romulan Warbird are both frozen or whatever. Not frozen. Whatever. These people just sent this one mission up to Voyager and then for hundreds of years did nothing. Even they, though uh, I guess they couldn't. I guess they lost communication so fast. Maybe they never did figure out it was a success. But yeah, they never tried again. Yeah. I just felt like they probably would have tried a, a few more times, and Voyager would have been collecting these astronauts in twos and threes. <laughs> yeah, they actually they would have fucking it all would happen so fast. They really would have just they poured that coffee, and there would have been like fifteen fucking astronauts on board, just all passed out. Yeah, Captain, all of our uh, docking ports are filled up with alien craft. <laughs> just astronaut bodies everywhere. It's fucking grotesque. 
Do you think, Matt, that Chakotay or anybody is embarrassed by how clearly racially tolerant every society in space is compared to Earth history? Mm. Like, I know he's living in a better future now, but whenever the when the first space capsule rocks up and it doesn't have two white men with buzz cuts in it, yeah. he must think to himself, fuck it, of course, everybody but Earth gets Everyone's it. Everyone's better than us, it turns out. Like, there's no way they sent this a woman lady. and this Asian dude up. <laughs> <laughs> and that planet's version of Asians. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Jacob's, Jacob's like, what's wrong with Earth and also Vulcan? I, I don't want to get into it, but have you seen Tuvok's wife? <laughs> I didn't want to say anything that time she showed up on the monitor. Also, I think only Tuvok could see that. But So, look, they don't pay no attention to any of this. They they go out of their way to say numbers, but I guess they don't expect anybody to remember or think about them. But, yep. um I, I have a even, I very was like, specific. They're going to get it all wrong. I'm not yeah. even going to think about it. <laughs> I have a very specific brain injury. So uh, Tom Paris reports that they are in a synchronous orbit, fifty-seven thousand uh-huh. kilometers above the equator. Okay. Um, we don't know what the diameter of the planet is, but even if it were zero, a synchronous orbit, fifty-seven thousand kilometers above a spot on a planet rotating fifty-eight times a minute, <laughs> means Voyager's going ten percent faster than the speed of light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't think about what that meant, huh? Like it's it's not that hard. It's just it's just a circle. You just a circle of that diameter. Yeah. And Voyager has to cover that fifty eight times a minute. Yep. Yeah. That's they, obviously uh, impossible. They and didn't think about that at all. No, they didn't think about what the word synchronous <laughs> orbit meant, clearly. No, yeah. Not only well it, but it yeah, exactly. But it has to Voyager has to be hanging in the same spot in the sky all the time or yeah. the fucking uh jig would be up right it wouldn't look like a ship in the sky it'd just be oh there's that light streak that's always there yeah we got a weird streak yeah streaky god so um you know who did the math and even if they meant for it to be like just below the speed of light and did the math wrong then that gets into relativity and then voyager would be experiencing time way slower than the rest of the universe it's kind of like this all comes from a draft where that's why voyager experiences Mm. time differently but uh, they just they didn't get it they didn't get it all the way there also, um, this isn't one where I can just do napkin math, but I think a rotation once per second on this planet should mean that they're experiencing a permanent hurricane. That's I mean, just a yeah. feeling I have about it. <laughs> sure, yes, it's one big hurricane. Yeah, like the whole planet's a hurricane, which is actually kind of how it looked from space. It's true, it looks uh, pretty misty. But down there, it was fucking blue skies and everything's cool, so I don't know. Uh, it shook every once in a while, though. Yeah, Every once in a while. Uh, I give best actor to our boy from Crusade, plus he's in a couple of them Enterprises. Yeah. Uh, and the, no real clunkers <laughs> for me this week. We don't get names of anybody, so you could say, like, all of the people on the planet, or yes. who cares? There's no point in assigning sure. the worst actor this week. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Caveman 1. <laughs> Caveman 1 was pretty bad. Yeah, how about the guy who was playing Shaman but didn't have a take on what that should be like? That's right. He so didn't just give like, any thought hey, at all, no motivation you for know that what? character. We don't eat fire food anymore. You know what, guys? Uh, hey, the uh, god up there. Oh, god. Um, just fire fruit. All yours, buddy. Take it. Is that good? Did we do a good job out here? Okay, great. Um, yeah, I wish he had been Oog. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would have been really good. <laughs> oh, for sure. 
Uh, check, check it. Matthew, do you have any quick hitters? I know you did the description for this one. Yeah, weirdly, I do have a couple. I said, poor Daniel Day Kim's space helmet is hella fogging up, but the ladies isn't. <laughs> Don't know what that means. He's just too hot in that spacesuit. Don't let Picardo talk sports. Ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were you not convinced when he asked like, who's defending? Oh, yeah, Torgon? Was, oh, is it in your relation like, to the Torgon? And then he goes, that guy would have gone into voluntary exile after a 5-12 season. 5-12. <laughs> 5-12, not 5-12. The guy just said 5-12 at him, and he repeats, after a 5-12 after season. After a 5-12 season. That's the name of my notes this week. It's a 5-12 <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit. Of, I have a clunker from uh, from TNG this week. I didn't, okay. I didn't catch that one. <laughs> Just made me so fucking mad. Don't ever let Picardo talk sports. Okay, uh, that's all I had. All right. Uh, well, remarkably, that also put up a seventeen. Oh, it, well, please, so please, three-way tie. For, the only way for tie. it to win would be if there was a triple tiebreaker. Yes. Boy, what I. It's very hard to say which one would win. Uh, if there was a tiebreaker right now, because these two have an eight from me and a nine from you, and we have given the same exact scores in slightly different orders for the different <laughs> zones. Three seventeens, please have three seventeens. I guess uh, I would say Voyager got two fours in the individual scores: a four yeah. from me for take and a four from you for execution. That's true. And, that is uh, higher. DS Nine only got one four. That's higher than DS Nine. It got a four but, for characterization from me. Yeah, but all TNG has to do is score 18 points to win this week. I don't know that they can do it, but we'll see. Do they have 18 in them? This week we've watched Schisms. (laughs) Enterprise is in the Amagosa Diaspora. A dense globular cluster. That's what they named it? Okay. To chart it. They're on a charting mission. And we open on Riker. And he's very sleepy and disheveled. And he's doing that thing where he pulls at his face in the mirror to see how it stretches, I guess. (laughs) And then he hits... There's a little clock in the panel by the wall and he taps it and we see it's 10.45 in the morning. Oh, jeez. That definitely would not have been readable in standard def. And also, we don't know what time his shift starts. So they give us other clues that he's running late, like when he shows up in engineering with his hair all mussed up and says, sorry, I'm late. Yeah. Uh, Jordy and Data are working to speed up the mapping mission by channeling warp energy through the main deflector to boost sensor output. Obviously, you know the sensors are on the main deflector, and that's Uh where you put the warp energy. Uh Uh-huh. What about this is difficult? And they use the phrase warp energy a couple of times in this uh, in this little section. Riker says that sounds like a lot of warp energy. Uh, on the you way, you know that's how warp works. Yeah, <laughs> see, the warp core makes warp energy. Look, it's Riker and, and he's energy tired. Jordy said warp energy <laughs> channeled into the fucking ignition chamber, and. Uh, that's how the rockets on the back of those nacelles shoot so fucking fast. It's like what Riker wanted to ask was, are we going to run out of warp energy? But he <laughs> he was worried that might be a stupid question. So instead he just... Just said, an observation, Sounds though. like a lot of warp energy. <laughs> um, on the way out of engineering, Data stops and tells Riker, hey, remember, I'm doing a poetry reading today. Mm. And then 
before he's even out of earshot. Uh, Jordy and Riker exchange kind of knowing looks about it, and Jordy says, I can't wait to see what he's come up with. Because, to be clear, the idea of an android trying to write poetry is a big joke to his best friends. Yeah, they are not cool about it, even a little bit. Riker makes a big face, and yeah. Data looks right at him. <laughs> and they're not alone, because we cut to his shitty poetry reading next. Yep. Riker can't keep his eyes open. He's been sleepy all day. That's not a big deal. Yeah, but no one else is happy in this room at all. It is a tiny room, and the lights are fully up. And no one in the crowd can stop themselves from rolling their eyes and grimacing during Ode to Spot. <laughs> um, even Cameron, man. Even Cameron's at oh, work back there. Particularly Cameron. Just giving it her all. Cameron does a crazy eye roll. Please uh, check the Instagram. I did take a screenshot of it. Yeah. Riker uh, finally drifts off. And when Troy nudges him awake, he uh, starts clapping before the poem's over. Data finishes the poem. Riker snores as we fade out to credits. On the other side of the opening credits, Riker is in sick bay, and he tells Crusher that he has no trouble falling asleep, and he isn't waking up during the night as far as he knows, but he is wiped out. Yeah. He also has a bad little paranoid reaction to her little medical scanner. A, ba- you know, like, a very bad reaction. Like O'Brien does when he's called in to answer for his crimes. <laughs> Um, she tells him he's fine and gives him Picard's aunt's warm milk recipe. Jordy and Data get the sensors beefed up and Data takes a minute to ask Jordy why everyone was so awful to him at his recital. He said, you know, I don't have tear ducts, <laughs> but like I was a hundred percent bawling. Did you see the faces I was making? That was crying. <laughs> Jordy tries to uh, pass off a couple of very weak compliments to Data. Yes. But Data pushes through and demands to know if his poetry elicited an emotional response, and Jordy has to tell him, uh, nah, though. <laughs> now we all hated it. Well, anyway, there's a big explosion in Cargo Bay 4, and three people are in there. Uh-oh. So everyone slow walks over to the Cargo Bay. The slowest anyone has ever walked on this show. I cannot describe how not an emergency they made this seem. But that's okay because when they get there, there's no sign of an explosion and the three crewmen are fine. It was a sensor weird. Too much warp energy, man. That's all that fucking warp energy. Uh, We get a shaky cam walk and talk between Riker and Jordy so that we can see that he's still busted. And he asks Jordy to stop by and get him at 0700 because he didn't want to sleep in again. He puts on his wrinkly PJs and gets into bed. And for a minute, I was like, there's a snake in that bed. But that's a different episode. Get out of there. I know there's a snake. That doesn't mean there's not a snake in there. Yeah, we don't. But he falls asleep right away. So we don't see the snake. But Jordy's back at his door immediately. And Riker can't believe it's 0700 already. He thinks he hasn't Uh, even fallen asleep yet. And it's 0700. No, to be honest, I've had nights like that before where I I, might just close my eyes and open them back up and I'm like ah shit one of these fucking days but uh, there's not a lot of spooky music in the background and we get big sinister music here to uh, commercials this is a big deal yeah uh Worf gets a haircut Worf goes to get a haircut I should say yeah and he's grumpy and Mott the barber's very nervous because I guess Worf likes to complain 
Yeah, Worf's a bad client. For yeah. Sure. And <clears throat> Worf has a little freak out about his scissors and just leaves. Uh, Jordy's investigating the fake explosion reading with Data when his visor suddenly cuts out on him for the third time that day. And he gets a weird feeling and has to go to sickbay. Uh, Crusher tells him he has a strain of brand new bacteria around his neural inputs, and she sits him down with his head in a yoke to do a better scan. But I guess it doesn't turn anything up. He goes back to the cargo bay to see how the scan um, there is going, and Data's really confused because even though Jordy says he's been gone for more than an hour, Data thinks he's been gone for a minute and 15 seconds. It's Jordy every time, man. Every time he walks back into a room, people are like, dude, you just left. <laughs> and he's got to tell them, like, nah, I didn't, though. Why was it him both times? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The computer confirms that Jordy's right. And now he thinks there's something screwy going on here in this cargo bay. Uh, but up on the bridge, Riker is trying to help Ensign Rager navigate through a globular cluster when he has a little freak out himself, like he can finally see how useless the Elkar's labels are. I, I said very loudly to the TV, don't feel bad. No one knows how this works. <laughs> um, Jordy and Data detect a subspace particle emission inside the cargo bay. And sure enough, the panel that gave the fake explosion warning is all shimmery now. Well, now it's 18 minutes into the episode and Picard finally has a line. He comes down to look at this shiny thing. And it's weird and it's emitting particles that shouldn't be able to exist in the universe. But it doesn't seem like a big threat. So as usual, they just keep on monitoring. I like how they set aside so much time for uh, a scene to come that we will talk about. That we're we're only 18 minutes in and all the shit has already happened. Because they've got to spend some time on this other thing later. Yeah, there's there's the sort of the big set piece in this episode. We need to leave time for it. Yeah. Uh, Riker has gone to talk to Troy about this feeling that he had like he was trapped at the con. He says it's like when you go to a pho restaurant on Tully and the benches are so close to the table that you have to squeeze your fat gut in there. <laughs> and then there's like gut on the table and you spill hot soup on it. You and she says, gut. she says he's the third person to use that exact metaphor today. <laughs> so <laughs> Riker has her get the gang together and she expands her search and ends up pulling in Riker. Some lady who was in civilian clothing at Data's recital, and no one says her name the whole episode. Yep. Saw her <laughs> back there. I was like, who is this fucking lady? Oh, we get a couple of shots of this woman with the hair. Yep. And the severe face. So like yeah, space she looks Jensen. like um <sighs> Babylon 5. Uh-huh. Her boyfriend was the Mars resistance guy who was dead and reanimated this is some season one stuff and I think the people who are doing shadow stuff on earth had something to do with his reanimation anyway he kidnaps Talia Winters that's her name and um uh, the late, the, anyway, the lady looks like this lady. There you go. That's where I was going. And also, oh, uh, by the way, B five's out on Blu ray now. Everybody, if you want to see the Blu ray of Babylon five, oh yeah, you're gonna want to see these Narn heavy cruisers in Blu ray. <laughs> you can see all five pixels. So good. So everyone starts talking about this feeling that they had about being on an elevated, cold table or bench or something. And Riker's like, "I got it. Let's go on a little field trip." And they go to one of the little holodecks. Like, yeah. you know, 
one oh, where like you eleven or whatever might shoot phasers at blue and yellow targets that appear, or uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you could probably do Aikido in this holodeck. It's like that size. Sure. And uh, they begin building by committee this table that they all remember. This is the scene where they're drawing cards at the poker table, but it's, different. It is very much like that. Sort of in turn, each person says, no, no, it was more like this, or no, no, it was more like that, and then they ask the computer to do it. Yeah. And they end up with uh, some very spooky medical lab shit, and it's like, is this one of the stock tables in the holodeck? <laughs> and if so, why? I got so many questions. Uh, and then they put a bright light above it, and they give it a metal restraining arm, and uh, like a jointed metal arm, like my microphone is on. Yeah, but man. they put a sharp bladed claw on the end of it. And then for fun, Riker asks the computer to add weird, loud, <laughs> fast clicks. And at this point, everybody is very unhappy, including me. Yeah. Yeah. At home, it's not a cool feeling. For yeah. Sure. Um, they must all decide as a group that the next stop is sick bay. Like they've had enough of that room and it's sick bay time. Yep. Field trip's moving on, everybody. Make sure you get your buddy. Yeah. Everybody hold hands. We didn't lose anybody in the holodeck, right? That wasn't real back there. Because <laughs> it was fucking terrifying. Because it sucked. <laughs> uh, Beverly now does one of the things that she's been doing this season, which is a better scan. That's good. Like, I like hey, when she does a cursory scan when someone initially has a problem. And then when the problem gets much worse, she huh. goes, okay, I did a real scan this time. <laughs> this time I, I did the, the good scan. And sure <laughs> enough everybody's brains are all full of sedatives and tetrions. Oh, tetrions again. God damn it. And then Data, who wasn't in the group, I guess because he doesn't have intuition this week, even though um, yes, yes. the last time we did one of these scenes, it was fucking all about Data, yep. comes in and says he has scientific proof that he wasn't even on the Enterprise during that missing <laughs> 90 minutes. Yep. No one cares about this. So, um, luckily, Hercule Picard is in the sick bay, too. And he asks the computer if there are any members of the Enterprise crew currently missing. Yeah. And sure enough, Lieutenant Edward Hagler and Ensign Serial Rager are missing. Yeah. The computer did not alert anybody. Nope. Not proactively. Picard puts the shields up and no one asks, will that make it impossible for our crewmen to return? Yep. <laughs> and he goes to a level four security alert. And as Jordy and Data walk out to try and find the source of Tetrion emissions, uh, a nurse uh, calls Beverly over uh, because it's her job to give Riker some news that he's discovered, which is oh yeah, his arm has been severed and reattached. Yeah, they cut that thing off. Yeah, clean cut. But oh, they did a good job. Riker apparently perfectly. couldn't tell. Yeah, but it's a couple of microns out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Um. Now there's a full-on space hole in Cargo Bay 4, and the rupture is expanding, and it's going to imperil the hull, you know, in a couple of hours, whatever. We don't know the exact amount of time. The timer hasn't started yet, but it's going to happen. It's such a Star Trek thing to do, to be like, the stakes are everyone's getting kidnapped and experimented on, and then for the next scene to go, but actually, though, (laughs) we got stakes for you. You ready? Yeah. You go, huh? I thought you just laid out the stakes. Is that what that wasn't it? Hey, you had me with spooky room. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you told me they cut Riker's arm off. That wasn't the stakes. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't enough. All right. Uh, well, Worf gets a little beep on his panel because Lieutenant Hagler's back in his quarters. But uh-huh. when they get there, he staggers out just like Man of the People, and uh, 
collapses in Crusher's arms. I thought he died, and it turns out later that he died, but I don't think he <laughs> dies right here. I don't think he does either. Because uh, Beverly says his blood is turning into some kind of liquid polymer, and they get his ass to sickbay. Yeah. Now here's the deal. This rupture has put Enterprise on a six-hour clock. There we go. It's the Tetrions, and Jordy thinks he can stop these Tetrions if they can shoot the source wave with a bunch of gravitons. This is Voyager-level stuff now. Yes, 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 more warp energy, please. But the source of these Tetrions is one of infinite tertiary subspace domains. They are literally infinite. Well, that's not good. You have a hard time finding the right one. The only way it's even conceivable to find the source of these Tetrions is to put a homing device on Riker and send him through to fight Freddy Krueger in Dreamworld. <laughs> I mean, he volunteers. He does. It's very big of him, but they were going to voluntold him to do He it. was about to be voluntold. <laughs> it was about to happen. They were like, I don't think they're going to take Hagler again. Yeah. So it's going to be with you, him? and we literally can't, we cannot send that civilian through. Nah. So. Legally. Legally. <laughs> So it's you were fucking Jordy, and he's had enough of being shot this year. So Yeah, that's right. It's your turn. Man up. Uh, there's no way to be sure that these guys will send him back in time. Yeah. Because uh, they still haven't sent Rager back, for one thing. So it is possible that this is going to be a suicide mission for him, because he'll be in there when they start shooting. Yeah, when they juice up those gravitons with all that warp energy that they're going to do. But Beverly decides to um, shoot him full of trucker speed so he can wake up in the bad place and hopefully get a fighting chance of getting out of there. This is the, this is the scariest plan ever. Yeah. It's not uh, good. Really, big ups to Riker for real, though. Yeah. Because, like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. What? I'm sorry. No, no, put me to extra. To, I want to be so asleep. If you're, I'm going to go back in there, you have to make me so fucking yeah. hey, asleep. I don't want, oh, I don't want to wake up in the click room. Oh, no. Track my fucking little monitor. You guys are giving me like a homing device, right? Just track that. I will not wake up for this, I promise. Yeah, hey, if they don't send me back and I die in there, oh, oh well. well. I won't know. I'll be dead. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. I'm going to be super asleep because you're going to fucking pump me full of coma juice. <laughs> <laughs> juice it up with the warp energy or whatever you got to do, man. Pound me with gravitons. I don't care. Uh, Jordy gives him a tricorder that's always recording. This does not factor into anything. Nah. And an armband to track him, and uh, Riker goes to bed in his uniform, because that's not suspicious. (laughs) These aliens are dumb, they don't notice. They don't know about uniforms. (laughs) Sure enough, he gets pulled through a space hole wide awake, and finds himself on a table near Rager, and a bunch of robed fish monks are clicking all around. I mean, it was another one of those things where as he's floating across the room... Just so badly, I'm just cackling and, and cheering for the, oh, for the TV show. They should have just shown him waking up there. Just saying, I'm so glad TV exists. I'm so I just everything about this is so perfect. The way he's clumsily floating toward that CGI hole. Yeah. Um, Wrecker plays possum for a bit while Jordy tries to track down the beacon. uh, This is also very similar to Man of the People, where the clock starts at six hours, but now we're down to 14 minutes by the time he's in there. Yeah, Yeah, that's all off screen. Uh, Riker notices that his armband is starting to beep, and that means Enterprise has found him. And so when the next little scuttler comes by, and the graviton pulse is making everything flicker, um, Enterprise is now in a tug of war with these guys over this rift. Yeah. 
And Riker sees that it's going to flicker and close. He can sort of see data through the hole until Enterprise starts winning the fight and the hole starts to close. Uh, he thinks so, data might be reading poetry, so he hesitates. He's like, <laughs> he's I gonna, don't know. Oh, he's going to take a beat. I don't know if I should go back yet. Then he gets off the table, pulls a phaser I didn't know he has, and shoots one of these guys that was not really a threat. <laughs> I mean, he was kind of scuttling toward him, but... Yeah. It, it looks like he could have fucking knocked them over. Just he, Riker's so tall, and this guy was moving like at uh, Tonberry speed. <laughs> Riker could have fucking just put a boot in his chest and pushed, right? Yep. Uh, he grabs Riker and runs through the rift, and then the rift closes, but not before a little pulse of something also makes it through. Mm, yes. Then Picard gives a captain's log. He says, everything's back to normal, and all of the crew are safe. And then we cut to a conference room where we learn that Hagler is, is dead. <laughs> it's very different messages than the one he yeah. gave. Hagler, Hagler is dead, and everyone is a little spooked that some unknown thing escaped into their universe. The yes, his captain's log is like the war seems very far away now. Yeah. But then it's like if after that captain's log from Cisco, the station was under massive attack by the Dominion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's this one about? Fuck. Uh, hey man, I know taked it. <laughs> Yeah. I said, uh, was there a take here? Is it like, if you're feeling weird about something, there's probably a hella good reason. Like, if you have a headache, maybe an alien lopped the top of your head off and put it back on crooked. Or like, if your doo-doo smells worse, maybe an alien took your doo-doo out of your body and turned it into a weird polymer. Nah, there's no take. It's nothing. It's a zero. Yeah. Um. Katie was at work when I was trying to figure out the take for this. So I just so had a little bit of extra talked time. to myself out loud in the house about the episode. Okay. That was the tactic I used. And um, so there's very obvious parallels here with like, oh, the bad thing that happened to the dwarves in Moria and Lord of the Rings, where someone delved too deep and too greedily and awoke something sinister, right? And there's other stories sort of like that. Okay. Then I thought, oh, but what's the message of that? And is it that humans are not the masters of the world and they should treat the universe with awe and respect? Is this episode a warning against hubris? All they did was go to a poetry reading. Well, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Enterprise rolls up on a rare kind of dense globular cluster and starts mm-hmm. charting it. But Riker's not awestruck or even that interested when Jordy uh, says it will take three days to map 10% of it, he goes, three okay. days. <laughs> no, he's not sleeping well, though. Yeah, it's true. And so they invent a new way to power up the sensors to do it faster. Yeah, and yeah. whoops, that attracts the attention of bad people deep in subspace. Well, this was out at the same time as home improvement. And more power <laughs> was, I think, a pretty common <laughs> expression. It just in the culture yeah. back then. Okay, so then that's the take here, too. It's hubris. <laughs> It's okay. a warning against hubris. All right, but I guess what's so. that worth? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think they did anything. But yeah, I mean, they did try to make their sensors better. And I guess that was... Yeah. It <laughs> did have some ego behind it. Listen, I'm not spending 30 days charting this wonder of space. Yeah. It's fucking pow- more power. Um, but stories about hubris are also stories where the right behavior is to follow the status quo, not rock mm. the boat, be happy yeah. with what you have. Sure. So should they have not tried to improve the sensors because there might be bad aliens in subspace, maybe? Yeah. I was unconvinced that I gave it a two. Okay. All right. And I had to go through three levels to get there. 
<laughs> you had to do a little bit of work. Yeah. Uh, but again, you spent your time wisely that night. Uh, well, execution then. How did it do? Well, they definitely brought out their visual storytelling kit this time. We got okay. shaky handheld cameras. We got bedhead. We got moving out of the darkness into a spotlight to say something sinister. We got right. fish monks. Sure. And once again, nothing is spookier than a shared experience, just like when everyone in cause and effect said what the cards were going to be. Yeah. And then they were, or maybe they weren't. But one time they weren't, that was even worse. But um, script-wise, they left out some things. The first 20 minutes of this episode set up a question about Data's ability to emote or to connect yeah, yeah. with people emotionally through writing, and then that just gets dropped. I mean, Data gets dropped. He has yeah. a whole fucking... He gets kidnapped by these aliens. No one fucking cares. Yeah. By the way, what if they'd sent Data back? Yeah. They took Data once. They could take him again. Would have wiped these fish men out. Yeah. Um, he would have learned their click language and used it to use the, their own computers against them. Yeah. Okay, fine. They dropped because they had a big, dumb sci-fi problem. But, like, loop back at the end or something. Now it's just 20 minutes of Data's bad day and then another thing about <laughs> alien abductions. <laughs> also, this must be the first time in Star Trek history where no one even suggests trying to make contact with the aliens. Yeah, yeah. they've been doing creepy medical experiments. And sure, one of the experiments killed a guy. Sure. But also in a way that seems kind of accidental. I mean, but, it seems like a Nagilum type situation. Yeah, they're but doing no, some messed up experiments, but like, yeah. they do seem like experiments. Yeah, now Picard just has him shoot gravitons at the alien dimension, and Riker phasers a guy who's like eight to ten feet away from him and unarmed. <laughs> Did it stun him? No time to check. <laughs> this is a lesser work. At the end yes. of the day, it's just one time these aliens cut off Riker's arm. They put it back. And Jordy sends out a cryptic message to the fleet about don't don't do so much subspace scanning next time. Yeah, don't don't juice it up. Yeah, dispensers, don't juice them. So uh, I gave it three for execution. Okay. Uh, let's see. Aside from the episode not being about anything, it's kind of a mixed bag. I like the creepy tone because it's not over the top and it's creepy in sort of a relatable way mostly creepy feelings rather than like an outright horror episode like um like voyager or <laughs> like a Enterprise doctor becomes do. dr jekyll yeah and mr maybe, Hyde. Uh, maybe the vulcans all killed killed everyone and each other because they got uh they got too close to that what the fuck was it called they couldn't be around that substance so they Tre couldn't go in trellium d no that's the yes Trillium that sounds D right. is what they use to protect against the substance, or right, well, whatever. Know. Yeah, the horror episode that happened. Um, it definitely gets a bit cheesy with the super bad graphics and the bad alien masks. It <laughs> looked too shitty to be makeup. Um, the holodeck scene holds up less well than I thought. Uh, for reasons I'll talk about later. And the big problem is that we don't learn jack about these aliens, man. Nope. If you're watching for the first time, you'd probably go, oh, another one of these, like a new alien threat out to get us. Like, I wouldn't believe they're coming back, not after what happened with those Remick aliens who sought peaceful <laughs> exactly. coexistence. Fucking season one ends with, well, they got a message off. 
Yeah. Or the Delta Quadrant or whatever. That's almost this exact conference room scene in the end where they're like, what was it? What got out? What could it be? Dun, dun, dun. That's the end of the episode. And you go, what? These guys ain't coming back. But that was like their way of getting out of the episode without having to explain who the aliens were or what they're up to. Anyway, that wasn't great. I also gave it a three. What about World I thought it was a Bell. hilarious episode to watch, but not a very good episode. Yes. Uh, boy, world building. Uh, this damn survey everyone's so mad about. You're right. Everyone's mad about it. No one's happy to be doing this. No. Uh, now, all of these explorers are very bored with this survey, and they just want to get it done and go home. They're nowhere near as excited as Voyager is about finding that weird planet. No. Tetrions are unstable in normal space. You got these aliens who suck. Uh, what does STO tell us about these dudes? They're, they're in that, right? Yeah, um, these dudes are puppets of the Iconians okay. from the episode Yep, Blue, Yellow, Yellow. All right, yep. I know uh, that one. What's that fuck? Contagion? Sure. Yeah, uh, those guys are... These guys are in a Dyson Sphere somewhere in subspace. And they're doing a bunch of experiments to help the Iconians figure out the strengths and weaknesses of the various Alpha Uh, Quadrant races. Okay, alright. Well, anyway, they leave as yet another shiny alien light that has attacked the Enterprise, or whatever. Yep. So many of those guys. Imaginary friend. (laughs) The child. Yeah. Fucking all of them. Just big lights in space. Uh, yeah, I give it a one, man. A little was... ball of light was the scariest thing that these TNG guys could come <laughs> up with, huh? It's like, well, we need a CGI bad guy. Uh, so they're invading the Enterprise. And they're like, what can we make? And like, how much money we got? And I'm like, fucking none. I'm like, ah, oh, I can make it a shiny light. I'm like, good, do it. That's fine. <laughs> Just a one for me. Well, we're in lockstep again. I also have it as a one. Um, subspace has infinite domains, like a honeycomb with infinitely many cells. <laughs> I think a honeycomb with infinitely many cells is countably infinite if the lattice is two-dimensional or of finite thickness. Okay. I think you could start counting from the closest cell to you and then number them in a spiral outward counterclockwise. So it's the smallest kind of infinity. That's my theory. But that depends on... If it was infinity, wouldn't just everything everything be those those fucking uh, honeycomb cells? Subspace domains? Yeah, Yeah, I guess you drop down into one at random when you go to warp, maybe? Maybe. (laughs) So no idea. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anyway, I'm just saying it's count- it seems like if the thick if that's finitely thick, then it would be countably infinite. That's all. Okay. Also, tetrions are unstable, so it's not a world building episode. <laughs> Whatever that thing about subspace domains mean, and you can't have tetrions. Nah. Yeah. Don't don't even try it. It's a little weird that that's a whole class of weapons in STO. Tetrions are bad. Tachyons are bad. Yes. And you can't goose the sensors. Don't do Don't it. Don't goose them. Characterization. Okay. Everyone is uh, pretty spooked this week. 
Uh, Troy hears three people tell her about the same weird dream feeling, but takes no action until Riker asks her to. Yeah, man, she don't care about those other people. Uh, you know who would? Crush her. That's true. Uh, Picard is willing to risk Riker in Dreamland, of course. Worf is the kind of guy who complains about a haircut instead of just asking for it differently the next time. Yeah, I mean, he already sucks. We already know he already sucks by now. So but now we know sense. he sucks in a customer service context, too. Yep, he sucks in all the context. Eventually, he sucks in every context. Yeah, Eventually, yeah, yeah. Worf is the worst character. Cisco allows his officers to do a little terrorism as a treat. <laughs> um, otherwise, there's not much character work in this episode. I gave it a two. Okay. How many points are we up to? Twelve. Okay. That's not because I'm trying to mathematically make it a 17. I'm not trying to make it a 17. No, I was no, just curious tell if me, it will be. Tell me one. how this is a five-point character episode. I gave it four, so we didn't get there. <laughs> okay. We didn't quite get to 17. I was hoping we would, but we didn't get there. Um, Data saw everybody making mean faces about his bad poetry, and it makes me very happy. And then I say, LOL, Data had a big alien incident, too, but nobody invited him to the holodeck party. No. He just came back later after his diagnostic and was like, guys, they took me, too. I don't even think anyone answered him in the room. No. It's fucking great. Uh, uh, this is not a week where Data gets treated with respect. No, he's basically the EMH this week. Everyone treats him like outer garbage. Uh, I mean, seriously, this is the exact treatment they give Schmollis whenever he wants to do one of his uh, photo slideshows or whatever. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um... Crusher is the uh, shitty type of doctor that won't give you good pills. <laughs> Just gives you hot toddy recipes and shit. Fuck you, lady, I can't sleep. She also won't do the good scan, unless there's a fucking <laughs> reason. <laughs> She's not gonna waste that scan. You know how much energy it takes? You know how much warp energy it takes to do one of those? Like, I know that we are in a not in a resource-constrained economy, especially here on this starship with 11 holodecks. But, um... <laughs> I gotta fill out a form if I do that good scan. Yeah, I'm not doing that. You see my schedule? Full of counseling appointments. Someone, someone, I've, I have been the chief of Starfleet Medical. I know this. Someone is gonna ask me why I do so many of these fucking scans if I, if I don't, you know, if I don't do it judiciously. Then I have to go through the entire context of this ship with them. And that's a lot. Uh, Riker hates milk, no doubt about it. So mad when Crusher prescribes it. So mad when he's drinking it. He's angry both times. Well, you know, Kyle Riker thought drinking milk was a little gay and he was going to end up soft. (laughs) He probably did. And then he probably later on went, what's the big deal? Let bygones be bygones. My dad made me drink so much whiskey. (laughs) I was nine. You were nine. You were old enough. Why are you holding a grudge? I don't get it. I was nine and I had hepatitis. <laughs> Riker volunteers to go into the nightmare realm wide awake, and that is very big of him. Yeah. As I said earlier, I would ask to be twice as asleep as normal, please, and thank you. Uh, Worf doesn't like Mott, and I get it. Dude's always talking about how thick and luxuriant Klingon hair is. Just oh, yeah, he's Mott's a racist for sure. You know why? He don't got no hair. Yeah, he got into this job because it's a fetish for him. Oh, absolutely! It's all exotic fucking pleasure for him. So pleasurable working with Klingon hair. You fucking pervert. 
Now I can't go to this fucking barber anymore. Just like that Subway sandwich restaurant I can't go to anymore. <laughs> the, the old ladies hit on me. and I didn't like it at all. Do you think that you just call Mr. Seti, Mott's human co-worker, and just like, <laughs> will you just come to my quarters and cut my hair, please? Or well, I can go to yours, actually. I'll, I flip, you 50. Not going... I'll flip you 50 self-improvement credits if you just come cut my hair anywhere. <laughs> not, but just not where Mott can find I'm me. not going to Mott, that's all. <laughs> Uh, most of Troy's lines in this episode sound hella robotic, and also maybe like there was voiceover after the fact. Was her <laughs> microphone not working the whole time? Did they not get a good boom mic up above good, her? That's a good question. Everything sounded bad. Also, as I've said before, big ups to her for not running out of this room during this holodeck thing. Oh yeah, I'd be freaked the fuck out. I'd say you people all got nabbed by aliens and cut up and shit, and I'm grabbing a shuttle and heading to Starbase ninety five. This is not <laughs> worth it. Smell you later. Yeah, fucking enjoy whatever trauma this is. This is not my responsibility. I'm not even really a counselor. Uh, so I said, it's not the problem with this episode, but it is also not about anybody's growth or emotions at all. I gave it a four. All right. But you have some quick hitters. Uh, yeah, lady in the back row at Poetry Night, not Cameron, had like a side ponytail. Uh-huh. Do you see that lady? <laughs> I, I think so. I was very interested in her hair. Uh, who is the chick between Picard and Worf at Poetry Night? She, uh, the civilian, she looks hella annoyed. Cameron looks hella annoyed. Worf looks actually disgusted by Poetry Night. Uh, her name is... Hold on, please. You gonna have to name a ship after her. Well, that's what... Her name is, like, Kaminar, but she doesn't have... Oh, because I think it's Kaminar. 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 The character doesn't have a first name, but the actress's first name is Angela. So when I do get to that place, Angela I Kaminar? will name the ship the Angela Kaminar. It's <laughs> great. I actually got uh, eight names out of this one. Out of this episode? Oh, yeah, you got uh, Hagler. Hagler. Uh, well, Hagler and Rager already had ships named after them. Okay. You were already on them because they get whole names or something. Because they get their full names, yeah. Uh, so you got uh, who then? Who's oh, we got uh, Scott Shipley. That's the uh, that's the lieutenant down there. His first uh, name, the actor's first name is Scott. Sorry, these the, are all mixed. That's the notes. Nate Fillion. That's the yeah, uh, it's Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Uh, the it's not actually Fillion. It's just that's what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mister Seti. I named him Gordon Seti. Okay. Uh, Always been a stick Michael Martinez is the actual name of a character who has been in the background like 15 times a real Darian Wallace type. Okay. Uh, Cameron plays Kellogg, so that's going to be Cameron Kellogg. Oh, nice. Uh, the lady with the curly hair who was in civilian dress in the poetry recital, That's uh, that character's name is Jay. The actress's okay. name is Tracy, so it's going to be Tracy J. We got a Tony Lopez, a Dennis Russell, and an Arvo Torrigan. Who was um? Who was Side Ponytail? What's her name? I don't think I got Side Pony. That's too bad. Yeah. Side Pony's a good name. No name with the U.S. There's a Side Pony. pony? That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> so yeah, I got a lot of names, including, but that's how I know that that character's name is Kaminer, even though I don't okay. think anyone says it. Yeah. Um, yo, man, it's a medical emergency. Why are you walking at a well below average pace? The whole team, yellow, blue, 
just all having a casual stroll. A huge this. explosion, everyone. Take your time. <laughs> I couldn't believe it's slow even by TNG standards. Yeah, it was that wild. Was slow. They must have not had any corridor extension beyond where that starts. Yeah, you ever seen... um? Dancers probably know. Have you ever seen like a, a K-pop fan cam from one of their music shows? <laughs> You're right. The answer's no. Okay. These are fantastic because you get to watch the cameraman who like is getting all up in the girls and boys grills with the cameras. Ah. And they got a guy who stands behind that guy and directs him around, like shoves him around from his backpack to make sure he's going where he needs to be. It stays out of the way of dancing and doesn't fall off the stage. And I think the cameraman on TNG needed one of those guys so that they could do some of this stuff at speed. Because I think they were just like, I gotta go real slow back here. I'm gonna make sure I don't run into nothing and ruin the whole shot. No, slower though. We gotta go slower. This is my first week. They needed a guy to grab him by the back and maneuver him around and make sure he didn't run into shit. Right. Someone who's not looking through a viewfinder and can see. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's why I brought it up because they, they do some crazy camera work on those shows because there's a guy who's literally like tossing them all over the place. Um, uh, Data and Jordy's uniforms always look like an ever so slightly different shade of gold. I agree. Their uniforms do look different and I, I Every don't know scene. what that is. It's like uh, Brent's is slightly greener and uh, I don't know why I called him Brent there. And, uh, <laughs> it's odd. It was an odd choice. <laughs> and Lavar's, I guess, is slightly golder, and I can never figure out why they don't have the same fucking uniform. It is weird too because uh, Jordy LaForge was already an engineer when they switched to those uniforms, so it's like they should have been made at the same time. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't. I can never. But it's every episode. They just look. You just go. That's not the same. That color is not the same as the other one. Well, it's just like Beverly Crusher's uniform is always a slightly different color than anyone else in blue. Yeah. They, they got too personal with these uniforms. They're like, well, that's her uniform and she wears it every week. So we're not, you know, we're not going to replace it with one that matches all these other ones. Um, Nobody could see that glowing bulkhead until they looked at their tricorders for some reason. That shit was bright as hell. Later, a whole, a whole fucking space anomaly appears in Cargo Bay 4 and we don't know when. Because at some <laughs> point, Data just turns around and goes, uh. What's that? <laughs> they're not very observant. I feel like my uh, two-year-old son wouldn't have noticed that. But he's big into lights, so. Uh, that holodeck scene really doesn't hold up, mainly because the computer does some weird shit to that table without being asked to, and they all just go, yes, that's right. <laughs> all that weird shit you fucking bolted onto the table is perfect, yeah. It is true that um, when they're like, no, it should be metal and elevated 15 degrees or whatever. It's weird and then it fucking, fucking table pops Pops out. in and it's on a big swing arm and it's got a fucking it stirrups <laughs> for some reason. From? And Riker's like, what's... Hey, uh, computer, identify this table. Why is it in your database? <laughs> what is this? Do I have to shut Why you down? You, we didn't say this. This isn't what we said. No, they just go, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I've... I forgot about that Ocho Cinco fathead on the wall. Thank you for putting that there, computer. I also yes, I was love, there. I love the idea that in this holodeck, where you can apparently make Riker one of the three musketeers if you want, <laughs> you're limited to whatever tables the computer has at its object database. <laughs> and also, 
You know, Picard only got the shareware once. He didn't buy the premium object no, he library well, for honestly, the holodeck. He didn't think the tables were going to be that crucial. No. <laughs> Sometimes you see, like, mods. Sometimes you see, like, a Skyrim mod, and it's like, better tables. And you and go, like, why? Who, who thought that was the problem? I get, I get yeah, it. There's only four tables in the engine, but... With Tamriel is not the tables. Yeah. I gotta be real. But I, just, I just love that the tables looked so weird because the computer was just switching to whatever table best matched the parameters they were saying instead of just modifying the table in place. Yep. But here's a new table that's kind of like what you said. No, it is. When, when they say the table's inclined and all of a sudden it's huge and blocky and like, what's the deal? <laughs> Why'd you do that? Why did you make it that? Is that even technically a table? What would you do with that? Also, when they called the first one, when they just asked for a standard conference table, I was like, that's a dinner table. What are we doing? <laughs> See, that? that's a dining room table. That is yeah. not a conference room table at all. Uh, Lieutenant uh, Nate Fillion was just hanging out in the cargo bay with that flashing light. He was the one he, they called to do the actual scan. He didn't tell anyone or do anything. Then Data and Jordy walk in, and he goes, man, look at this. Yep. <laughs> Buddy, use your communicator. What are you doing? Yeah, call it in. That's one you got to call in. You can't, yeah. Who knows how much time they lost? There's there a that. real fucking mend on where yeah. he was trying to, he's going to try to solve the whole fucking thing before he called it in. Come on, buddy. Worf's going to have to have a talk with him. Yeah, you're reporting directly to Worf now, and he might eat you. You don't know. You're not used to this society. It could be. Riker flying into that portal was just, uh, I mean, it looked perfect. It was everything I wanted. Uh, it is the, probably the special effect I best remember what it looks like <laughs> on a 17-inch TV <laughs> over broadcast cable. He, he just floats in there. It looks so good. Uh, yeah, that was it for my quick hitters. Well, there's just an open drawer full of water in Riker's bathroom. On a ship that shudders and shakes around, you know, <laughs> four days out of every five. He's just sloshing all over the he place. Just, he gets up from bed. We see him. He goes in there. He's pulling his face in the mirror. Just dunks both hands in a drawer of standing water. Yeah. This ship probably has mosquitoes. That's all I'm going to say, say about that's it. That's perfect breeding ground right there. Yeah, but they're bad space mosquitoes, and if they bite you, you get a weird hallucinogenic flu. Oh, but shit. Are they the kind that uh, infected those bioneural gel packs? Could be. Uh, you don't like those. They get so big. Yeah. <laughs> so big and badly CGI. Do you remember that one? That sucked. <laughs> it was so good. Um, Do you ever fight those guys in STO? I don't think so. There are some bug enemies. You fight them on Romulus. Super shitty bugs that just look bad and the combat's bad. And like. And Viranaut. You fight them on Viranaut too. And like you get held in place. Yeah. There are definitely some flying bug enemies. Dear Professor Maddox, today was a very hard day for me. (laughs) I gave a poetry recital in Multipurpose Room 2. Most of the senior staff were there, and a few junior officers and civilians. I read nine short poems, which took no more than 13 minutes. (laughs) Not one of the people I consider a friend was able to act interested in the work, or even maintain basic composure. (laughs) I have attended 19 scheduled and impromptu trombone performances featuring Commander Riker, and seven of Dr. Crusher's stage dramas. Commander Riker fell asleep four times in those 13 minutes, and Dr. Crusher chose not to attend at all. (laughs) It's true, she's not there. 
Even my best friend Jordy made it clear that he considers the idea of an android striving to express himself through poetry laughable, despite the fact that he has asked me to help him copy-edit his self-evaluations for four consecutive review cycles. <laughs> you asked why I'm so drawn to the matter stream in the port nacelle, <laughs> and I wondered about my fascination myself as I stood gazing into it after the recital had concluded. <laughs> yeah. The rough day for was, data. He was going to be the first Ensign Quan. He almost got it done. Um, hey, man. Riker asks Rager to move the ship to some special coordinates to do a scan. Yeah. And she can't get it to lock onto those coordinates. And he goes he over that. there and has a little freak out. And then he tells her to resume her original it. heading. <laughs> Just fly somewhere else. I don't care. Don't ask me about it anymore. Everything was fine. <laughs> Just suck a dick, stellar cartography. You're not going to get your readings. <laughs> Riker felt vaguely uncomfortable at the con. It's over. I said, don't ask me about it anymore. Just fly wherever. I don't care. Yeah, by the way, he knew she was going to say that. That she couldn't do it. That was the whole point. He asked her so that he could go over there and fucking big shot her. Yeah, he was like, ah, so here's the thing about <laughs> navigating never, uh, a globular cluster. Globular cluster. Wow. They oh, say you're no. from Nova Crawl. Oh, I don't know <laughs> what any of these buttons do. Oh, God, look at my hands. Does this how my hands look? Ah, oh, God. I'm so hairy. <coughs> forget, you don't uh, want to forget anyway, the whole thing. Fly wherever you want. I don't care. I'll uh, tell them no later. <laughs> fly wherever you want. I'll pretend like I forgot. And then when they call me, I'll go, oh, yeah, I knew I was uh, going to we'll do something. We'll move tomorrow when uh, someone else is at the con. <laughs> when Don Data's night shift, we can do it. He knows how to do it, I bet. Oh, gosh. Hey, man, is this script right? It says we need a short wooden table with the top inclined by 15 degrees. And there are, like, five other tables? Where do you expect There's me to so get this tables. shit? Am I making five tables this week? Uh, this one just says, and there's all kinds of lights on them, like all kinds of jimmies and all kinds of things. That's not how you use jimmies. This is jimmies. Not what jimmies mean. Okay, computer, more clicking. Faster. <laughs> Louder. Okay, now, computer, murder me from behind. Do it now. <laughs> the sinister yeah, room. Uncomfortable place to be as a viewer. Um, Do you think, Matt, people are constantly suggesting that the ship's computer sends an alert if someone's signal disappears, but then yes. there's some other group like, I don't want to be tracked 24-7. And if that <laughs> right. means it takes people an extra six hours to figure out I died in an anomaly, so be it. <laughs> so be it, exactly. What about my rights? <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. So they only do it if you go to security alert level four. Okay. Because well, then the computer did notify Worf when Hagler came back. Hagler yeah, in the 24th back. century, that's also the first time, the first level at which you're allowed to jettison the pod. Oh, security so, level four? Yeah, don't yeah. do it early. It's a that's whole thing. It's actually a demarcation for a lot of security procedures, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, point zero two microns is definitely not a lot, but cells are pretty small, too. I didn't want to look it up, but it felt weird that they got, like, real close, but also still Riker's arm was fine it. and he didn't notice. That feels like it was a rush job. Yeah. Oh, we gotta get this guy back. We've had him for so... They're definitely gonna notice this guy's gone. And then, uh... Then the guy who had to make all the tables must have been, like, when he got to later pages, like, ah, oh, fuck me. A sixth table that's, quote, <laughs> like table five, but legally distinct? <laughs> that's right. 
Like it's got to look like ah, uh, they um, they got they remember many of the elements of the table, but the real but one's it's different. Not the it's right a little table. different. It wasn't exactly what the computer made in the hall. This is the real one where the aliens are doing all their business. Is what it says here. What business? I mean, I, I was to make that. I would have complained for ten minutes if it had been the exact same table for sure. It says but. they almost got it right, but there's twice as many Jimmies. I can't believe this. They're still <laughs> saying Jimmies. It's just I, I. I said I said to somebody that's not what Jimmy's is, and then they said uh, the Jimmy's thing that comes directly from a note we got from Berman. So you Berman go said, "Put it. more Jimmy's on it." Whatever that means to you, you're in charge, all right, buddy. You won't let us down. Now I gotta put just the right amount of Jimmy's on it. Uh, and then Picard's log at the end says the crew's all unharmed, but uh, I guess maybe he already made a log about Hagler's death that we didn't hear. We didn't hear that entry. <laughs> We don't hear still, all of them. Still be helpful if he said something like the rest of the crew were yeah. unarmed. <laughs> you know, something. And then my big question for you, Matt, would you rather go to Data's Poetry Night or one of Schmollis' slideshows? Yeah. Well, okay, go we're on the same page. Um I mean they both crews do such a bad job of playing it cool. It's hard to say which one would be more hilarious. Probably the data one, because he he's the kind of guy who just doesn't get it. <laughs> And that makes it extra funny. He thinks he's doing good. You could say that out loud. He still wouldn't get it. You could be the guy in the back who goes, he thinks he's doing good, though. And he just, Data would just look at you, probably like cock his head a little bit and look at you like, oh, maybe I'm doing good. Is that what he meant by that? And that's funnier. <laughs> I mean, there's a fucking no chance that Data's going to start singing. Um, to Vok, got sorry. Hold on, got a juice. Yeah, you don't to need the lyrics Vok, for that. I understand <laughs> you are a Vulcan man. Uh, that's the one with the potato man. That is the one with the potato man. Uh, I gave best actor to uh, Jordy trying to get away with telling Data the programs for his poetry night were really well made, and who picked that font. Yeah. And uh, worst actor for uh, Rager telling Rager she can't get the coordinates locked in. <laughs> but um, but before we go, I did they have a weird line read I wanted to pick on here. And oh, it's a rare okay. one because it's from LeVar Burton. And he's usually oh. the most naturalistic actor on the show. Okay. Usually when he says something, I'm like, that's how a person talks. But, um, well, I'll just play this. That sounds like that'll use up a lot of warp energy. Well, we channel it through the EPS mains on deck four, near Cargo Bay 4. <laughs> near Cargo Bay 4? It's what a weird it's a weird read. It's like he knew they were both fours. Yes, it's like the really important thing that. is that they're both fours. He wants to <laughs> On deck four. Near Cargo, near Cargo Bay, Bay 4. four. Huh? Uh-uh. It's like if you gone, right? Like, that would have been that, that would have explained it. I bet that's not why it's called Cargo Bay 4. For one thing, <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure Cargo Bay 1 isn't on deck one. Yeah, like he was going to say, hey, just figured out why it's called that. It's like, no, but that's not why. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that, um, you're right. It is cute that I caught Riker say that sounds like a lot of warp energy in that same clip, but that is a good clip then because it's important that we know <laughs> that he doesn't know what it means. Let's have him one more time. And he also doesn't that think that sounds like that'll use up a lot of warp energy. Well, we channel it through the EPS mains on deck four near Cargo Bay 4. Now half speed it so it can be like that viral clip. <laughs> I wish this soundboard had that capability. <laughs> oh, let's and then, see. And then can Ryan can send in yet another clip of us at half speed so we know we sound just as drunk. I can loop it. I can make it fade out. 
I can make it play another track afterwards. No, I can't. I can't half speed it. That's because so you don't have the on. Zen Extra. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you need. Um. Boy, hey man, um, is that what it was called? Or am I just thinking of Pip Extra? Well, aren't you? Always... I mean, I always am thinking of Pip Extra, but did this? Yeah. Did the Zen Extra have that capability? That was the um, shitty old MP3 player, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that when you could like play things at all kinds of different speeds, and they were like, isn't that neat? And everyone was like, yeah, but why is it the size of two Walkmen? (laughs) Like, why, though? I definitely had an early MP3 player (laughs) like that before before I got an iPod. Even the iPod seems archaic now, but... I'm telling you, I had a Zen Extra and somebody asked me if it was a Walkman. <laughs> you said, no, it's just as big as one. I said, leave me alone. My my girlfriend got it for me. She was trying to be nice. Just why do you got to make a thing out of it? So um, so have you looked at the scores? Oh, wait, we didn't end up at 17, though, did we? No, we ended up at 16. Okay. <laughs> which means... With the biggest asterisk possible. The winner this week is Voyager. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Look at them. I knew they had it in them. They won a tiebreaker of having two fours among their scores. Yeah. 17 is... um, Oh, it's two points above the worst winner. Quite quite a bad score for a winner. In a week when TNG put up a 16 and Deep Space Nine and Voyager both put up 17s. Just... A real terrible week. You get, this is your fault. You gave them eights across the board. They did end up with eights across the board. One of them had a nine before you said, "Would you? could you see a zero for world building? <laughs> That's true. So, hey, which one was that? Deep Space Nine would have won. Oh, but that would have broken You're it. right. Yeah. I could see a zero. Yeah, those are the rules. Those are the rules we <laughs> That's the weird here. rule. Uh, it says this eight that you gave is a very low score for you. Is, but it is, is it the lowest? Oh no! You gave us six point three three, and in that in that week where the fifteen won, when PowerPlay won. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, and that was the week you gave us six point six seven. So yeah, well, that, that was um, that one wasn't a good one. You scored them two full points higher than this because you ended up. By the way, that the way you said it was my fault because I gave it all eights. I think we then got into that and ignored the fact that you gave an eight and two nines. So it's not. <laughs> I mean, you know, because they only two all total points difference uh, between us this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, world building, by the way, the average score this week was uh, 0.0, uh, 0.67, so two-thirds of a world building point on average, and that, I that imagine, has to be the worst. Yeah, I'm looking it up. That's the worst. Yeah. Was, uh, in fact, I don't think there's anything else under two. How nice is it to go back in time and see all the greens? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you know it recolors every single time we enter a new score. The whole sure. fucking sheet recolors. Yeah, it's because find the new average. All of these the are based. Ranges. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. all of these are based on how these things scored with the in comparison to the total of everything that's been scored. Man, how generous were we in week four? That's the all-time best score for world building and characterization. Was yeah, that the, week. The, I mean, the problem is the first. The data is so, there's so much data now that it's difficult to see. But you can see that the first four or five episodes, were pretty all, all of them are pretty high compared to their. Then there's week 14. That's my all-time week. I gave 22.6 on average. Uh, then when TOS scored a 55 out here. Yeah, 
premise and execution all time best weeks total average all time best yeah. week. Yeah, we were generous early on, and like if we if we thought this data had any meaning, we probably would have to rescore the first ten or so episodes. Yeah. It's a good thing we don't think that. But we don't. That's nonsense. (laughs) The whole project is nonsense. The idea of comparing the 130th aired episode of TNG Voyager and Deep Space Nine is entirely contrived, so. Yeah. But in, in this contrived project, with those huge caveats and the big asterisk, Voyager notches its fifth win. Good for them. I'm with proud blink of, of an eye. A terrible episode by the rubric No, I mean, but like you said, honestly, it wasn't terrible to watch, really. No, no, but the rubric says yeah. uh, utter garbage and the winner. <laughs> yeah. Actually, all three of these were uh, better to watch than, say, yeah. the Voyager conspiracy. Or, yep, yep, definitely. Uh, God, that was such a bad one. I mean, I you know, I say that I gave that a five for execution. Um, but, you know, Tinker Tenor, Doctor Spy. Perfect example. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, huh? Very hard to watch. That's why I just sang two measures of it. <laughs> All right. We did it. It's midnight for me, man. I'm done here. Yeah, we did it. So here's here's what we're doing. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump off the call. Here's <laughs> next week we're gonna watch True Q. Are you gonna pay me for tomorrow too? Because if I were one minute into tomorrow, you owe me. <laughs> next week we're gonna watch statistical probabilities. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, a Bashir. Bashir gets his daycare center together and they <laughs> yeah. try to convince everyone to surrender. I know, but I did talk over when you said True Q, and that's True important. Q. Another, keep another an great on one. Uh, yeah. She's going to turn Dr. Crusher into a barking. No, wait. Did Q do yeah. that? Or yeah, does she do the, it? Uh, Q does it. But anyway, it's the big sister from um, Wonder Years. <laughs> okay. Well, that's she's cool. The Q. And I guess I get to describe a Voyager episode called Virtuoso, and I'm very mad, very mad it. about that. I idea. love that when we went through and we just read them all off. It does seem like you got the worst schedule. Yeah. <laughs> but the next time I have to describe one, The Rock is going to be around, so that's good. I know. that. Yeah, maybe that makes up for all of it. Could Those be. are... No, because like, you got Spirit Folk after that. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, those are what you should watch. We gave <laughs> contact information after the mailbag section in case you missed it. We're on threads now. We're on Instagram. Both of those yeah, are just brother date. We're hot. We know what we know what's up. We're on TikTok. Nope. And we're on oh, God. Uh, Come on, one tick more. As well. Oh, hold on, let me say it like Jordy. We're on TikTok and talk tick. <laughs> Cargo Bay Four. Cargo Bay Four. <laughs> uh, now everyone <laughs> go back and listen to me describe it. I I said Cargo Bay Four that way both times I described it. So <laughs> Just enjoy that. Oh, you had your own little thing going on. I did a little little goof that I didn't explain till the very end. That's why the whole time I was like, Judah doesn't sound natural today. This is some bullshit. (laughs) Giving a bad performance. Thanks. All right. Well, you owe me for a whole day's worth of pay. And so does everyone at home. Send it uh, to my Venmo at Brother Date on Venmo. God damn it. (laughs) As you believe. So shall you do, so shall you do, as you believe, so So shall you do. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a, he's got some particular tastes, so uh, he's kind of into Opaka. He does a lot of (laughs) Opaka-based stuff in there. Kai Opaka, Quark's head, execute.
subscribe.